Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. Thank you so very much for joining us right here on Tuesday night. This is episode number 36 for your Tuesday, February 20th, 2024. I am your host, JD, from New York. As always, joined by my co-host and very good friend, Mr. Andrew Baydala. We are the Tuesday Night Titans. What's going on, man? What's going on, buddy? How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. It's, uh, it's another one of those weeks, man. There was... There was a lot going on, but at the same time, there wasn't a lot going on. I feel like a lot of the whole rock hysteria has kind of died down. The pivoting, the storyline, the, uh, I would say, the anger and frustration that we saw a couple of weeks back. It's all kind of died down, and now we're kind of normalizing this week on the road to WrestleMania. Yeah, I mean, I think people let the story kind of play out, no pun intended here, and now we're seeing uh, the residuals from that, but... Yeah, um, it was all about the rock and how he's heel, and now it's all about what happened last night. And it's I mean, it's 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 all about Dwayne, like I said it was going to be. We will uh we will get into what happened on Friday. I'm sure you guys are curious as to know what Drew thought of the Rock's promo on Friday. I enjoyed the Rock's delivery. I enjoy Hollywood Rock. I'm glad we're getting heel rock, but the context of which he gave us that promo. I did not like, and there was one glaring omission from that promo, which uh, the Rock fans, man, I don't know, man, everybody says the, the Cody crybabies are uh, quite the bunch, man, but the Rock crybabies, they're on another level, man. They came at me uh, pretty hard this week. Yeah, I feel like I don't understand, like, either, like, I understand wanting to see one of your guys or guy win the, you know, the big one, but the, like, blind loyalty to... To me, I I don't get it. I don't get it. It's good that you guys pick favorites and girls pick favorites. Good good on you for that. Who you want to root for, who you want to cheer for. That's the whole point of professional wrestling and sports entertainment. But to, like, push a narrative, and then when it doesn't come to fruition, it's like, well, this sucks. This sucks. And it's like, no, it's just you let this happen to yourself. Yeah, we're going to get into everything, guys. We got quite the show lined up for you. We're going to get into that rock promo. We're going to get into uh, an interview that we... Got today from Mr. Chris Van Vliet, O'Shea Jackson Jr., uh, about, you know, a, whole, a wide variety of things. He's the son of Ice Cube, and uh, there was a part in the podcast today where he went at AEW fans and their particular tribalism. So uh, that's quite the discussion. We will talk about that as well. And, and here's a spoiler for you guys, man. I actually agree with what he said uh, so we'll get into that. We got some Ashley Massaro news. We got some Elimination Chamber discussion to get into. We got a lot going on. And I'm very excited about what's coming up on this show. Drew already got a preview, uh, as I did, of the absolutely phenomenal intro that we're getting by my uh, team over at Deviate Designs. Uh, Drew, you want to give them uh, a, a little tease about what uh, this thing is looking like? I mean, nothing 
we do and nothing JD does is ever, you know, bottom tier. So it's top notch. It's a one. I mean, any, any, you know, analogy you want to use it's uh, it's New York through and through and it's TNT. And um, we're just deciding on a theme song right now. I think we got it. I think we got it. I think, uh, I think we're going to go with the preview trailer and that song that we talked about yesterday. I think that's uh, the right one. I got some opinions on that as well. We had uh, three or four different opinions and they all chose that song. So, yeah, and I mean, again, it is going to be class all the way through, oh, yeah. and I think you'll see exactly what I'm talking about when we debut it. Will it let? It, will it? Will it stand out in the community, man? I don't know, man. We're all these uh, these uh, these basement uh, bedroom streamers, man. I don't know. I don't know if it's gonna stand up, man. You know, I never understood like, and the you know, me and JD are not talking about your um, bottom of the barrel type of, and I don't mean bottom of the barrel as an insult, but like these are, you know, not the men and women who are just starting to get into this. These are people who are media credentialed and who have a lot of say in the IWC, if you want to use it that way and have, you know, bigger platforms than most. And they look like they're in someone's basement or they're in their college dorm room. Like I understand everyone needs to start, but I don't know, invest in yourself a little bit. Yeah, be original. I, yeah, I've seen a lot of JD lights, a lot in the past. Like, and I normally haven't, you know, scoured the internet and stuff like that. But now, since we've been doing this for damn near close to a year, um, you know, I've been watching some other stuff, and you have a lot of copycats. Oh, yeah. And if you're gonna do this, be original. Don't sit in behind a bar or like. <laughs> I, I, or, or um, like a restaurant or something. Be original here. Like, be you. People are going to gravitate to you. Don't be a carbon copy of JD. It's stupid. Yeah. JD's JD. Yeah, I know. Well, a lot of people say I took uh, a, a lot of what Dr. Disrespected in the video game thing. But I'm like, listen, man, he's doing his so own what? thing. I, I made it into my own. Why not, man? So why? Hold on a second. Hey, everyone who's watching this, wrestling, professional wrestling, has stolen so many things from not only the movies, television, theater, music. There is so much stuff that professional wrestling has either borrowed or flat out stolen. So just because JD took something that Dr. Disrespect did on a gaming platform and elevated it doesn't mean that he's a ripoff. It means that he saw something and was like, we could do it better. Oh, yeah. WWE did it for years. Oh, yeah. Love it. That's the only answer you need there, guys. And we're going to get into uh, a lot, but that's coming. I'm very excited to showcase that. That should be ready in a couple weeks. But if you guys want more, follow us on social at JD from NY206 on X at Andrew Baydala on X. Make sure you guys go do that. Keep up to date with everything we got going on, especially with the Elimination Chamber coming up on Saturday. Uh, I think Drew and I will be uh, duoing the uh, review if that's uh, if that's the plan, right, on Saturday. We have hey, to guys- come up with a time. You guys wanted the best. We're going to give you the best. There you go. So we may be live uh, together on the Saturday post show. Uh, we'll give you a time a little bit later in the week because I want to kind. Of, honestly, I want to kind of gauge about what everybody else is doing because uh, when everybody else is live, I want to be live at the same time, man. I don't. I don't want to get the competition ahead, you know. So uh, we'll figure that. You compete? Nah, I don't know, man. Listen, I like. I like. I like being that. Uh, that fucking punch to the Good. gut, you know. You like being the top dog as yeah. well. You should. Anybody who does anything should never want to be second place. Yeah. Uh, so we'll get into that. Uh, so make sure you guys follow us on social. Hit that subscribe button. Please hit that thumbs up. And Super Chats are open. If you guys have any comments, questions, concerns, leave them. And we will get into that at the end of the show. Uh, like always, man, I'll leave it up to you. What do you want to talk about? 
Oh, where should we go? I will start with, let's start with Dwayne. Let's get this out of the way. Cause okay. I, you know, let, let's talk about the rock and smack that I was going to say what um, ice cubes kid O'Shea Jackson said about AW, but we'll save that. Cause I think there's a lot. Um, and I hate referring to him as ice cubes kid, but a lot of people don't know who he is. So yeah. besides, you know, some of the people in the wrestling community, I, I have a immense amount of respect for O'Shea's opinion here, but let's start with Dwayne, the rock Johnson, his promo on Friday coming out in his, his verse. He's back in his Versace era. It seems. Yeah. It was a little, uh, a little Hollywood rock, little nation rock, little, uh, a little bit of everything on Friday night. Um, you know, I got, I got zinged by some several geeks in the community because about, you know, it, it's, it's funny because I think we have done Drew and I, and then me on my own, on my, my review shows, I, I thought we covered this shit fucking top notch. And we called out the logic gaps. We called out the things that don't make sense. The whole fucking angle don't make sense. The whole story don't make sense. The pivoting, you know, clearly they don't know where they want to go. But the one thing that people zing me for was the fact mm -hmm. that I said, well, where is the explanation from Rock in regards to what Paul Levesque said a week prior and on that same show, Paul Heyman walked into Triple H's office and said, well, I, I guess this week's not a good time. Next week will be a better time. I'm showing up with The Rock and Roman Reigns. And then Triple H says, well, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And then we never got anything from Rock in regards to Triple H. He just left that whole thing completely omitted. And he rather talk about the Mormons and their 50 wives and 600 fucking inbred children. Yeah, so... Um I did a spaces on Friday night um, that went on, a, I think before you went, you yeah. hit the air. I tried to catch up on some of your stuff. And obviously um, I don't compete with you um, just because I would never go live at the same time, just because out of friendship. I mean, so, you know, you have a video platform. I do the audio stuff. Yeah. I, I said it then. So I'll say it again here. I, I, I liken it as like the first date, right? This is the first time you two, are meeting each other, whether it's boy, girl, 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 boy, boy, whatever your whatever tickles your fancy. I think what WWE has done here in this scenario, in this situation, is they didn't want to give you everything in one night. They gave you the allegiance. They gave you Hollywood rock. They gave you rock putting up the one or the L, whatever you want to. We'll get to that. I got the whole fucking thing about uh, the conspiracies that people will come up with. Yeah. Um, but again, they gave you a lot in a, what was 12 minute span? Yeah. Now, if they touched on everything, the whole Triple H thing and this and that, that would have been a lot to digest in one show. They have the Elimination Chamber, which they're trying to sell people into not only buying a ticket, but getting up and watching here stateside at 5 and 4 a.m. and 2 a.m. So there's a lot that went into that. The Rock Triple H thing is going to be something that, in my opinion, is touched on and talked about and built upon for weeks. And they can't give you everything in one night. Raw was a little strange, though, which we'll get into later. But SmackDown with The Rock and Roman, yeah, there, a lot of people had some Easter eggs. But basically what that did for me was it showed that Rock is aligned with Roman in the bloodline and they're a cohesive unit for now. If they touched on the whole Triple H thing, I think it would have taken another 30 minutes. And realistically, it's like it's too much to digest because Rock physically – and emotionally told a story about how he now he's back to screw Cody and how he's in the bloodline. And that I think that was a lot for people to understand in one night. Yeah, uh, it makes sense. Your, your, your explanation makes sense. But 
you know, when something like that happens, I'll always go back and say, well, why didn't they give them enough time? I felt like it was rushed. I felt like it was kind of like, you know, short for what it needed to be. Well, why didn't they yeah. give the segment more time if, well, they, knew, if, you if they knew how big the, it was? If you get laid the first time, you guys, and I'm just going to use this example. If, if you go, if you get laid or you hook up and you finish, you know, the job, whatever it is, the first night, you call on that person the next day? Are you intrigued? Probably not. I'm not trying to be crude, but WWE is not going to give you everything in one night, just like most respectable people. Wait a minute, man. Wait, wait a minute. But you're, you're getting into a, an area where most of the community, they, they don't know what you're talking about here. All right. Well, what I'm saying is, <laughs> is you don't get everything in one shot. You got to work for it. And WWE is going to make you, especially WWE is going to make you want to work for it and make you want to watch their weekly episodic television. So they're not going to give you everything in one night because then all of a sudden it's like, wham, bam, thank you, man. See you later. Much to do, which we'll talk about with Gunther, which I'll get to uh, in a little bit here. But WWE is not going to give you everything in one night. They can't because they need you to continuously tune in. That's yeah. why you didn't get everything in one night. And I understand. The story's convoluted. A lot of people are pissed off. They want some answers. But if it's me, just realize you're getting yourself into weekly television. So you're going to have to figure out that they're not giving you everything in one night. Should people be allowed to be upset because we got no explanation from Cody about why he gave up the shot to Rock in the first place and then the Triple H omission? People are allowed to be upset about this, right? I mean, it's getting to a point where it's like, all right, give me a fucking explanation on something, please. Yeah, for sure. I think people can be upset. I think the problem here is that what you've done is like worked yourself into like you want all the answers and we're just not going to get it. Like we're not. We're yeah. not getting all the answers because we're not going to get what Cody said to Rock, what Rock said to Cody, what that conversation looked like, um, you know, before Rock came out. Rock has kind of touched on that they were going to do Roman and, and Rock and you guys ruined it. The Cody crybabies. And now Cody was like, this is bullshit. Was this all an elaborate plan? Like, we don't know. So I think the best thing for a lot of people to do, which I've stated before, instead of trying to be first, is let things happen. And then you could touch on them and talk about it. I have a funny feeling Stone Cold Steve Austin's getting involved in some way, shape, or form. Really? It just well, yeah, it just seems like that's, you know, Austin's been putting a lot of teasers out. I don't have this on good authority, so I'm not going to sit back and be like, I was told. But when Steve Austin starts putting his entrance music out on Instagram with yeah, the, didn't with he put Yeah, didn't he put his uh, Disturbed version up right. on, on Instagram? Right. That's a, that's a great fucking song. Oh, I mean, are you kidding me? But I'm just saying, it, 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 it didn't make sense to why, why Steve's doing this. Like, Steve has no re reason to be doing that. He's not dropping anything. That song's not being, you know, in an album or anything else like that that WWE's redoing. This seems to me like, again, just me uh, putting all the crumbs together that maybe Steve's going to get involved in this because Cody needs backup, but Seth Rollins is not it. He's not. Yeah. Yeah, well, we haven't even gotten to that point. Cody really hasn't said to Seth, hey, man, I'll accept your offer. We're not even there right. yet. But as far and you make some good points, I, I will give you that. I, I just feel like after the omission of Cody and then we got the omission of Rock on Friday, it's like, all right, man, when are we going to get this? You know, because Friday is a tape show because everybody is already probably heading to Perth. So we don't know if Rock and Roman are going to be on Friday's show. You would think that they might because they were already there. Uh, we don't know if it's going to be. They are. A, it's a backstage tape yes. segment that was not shown to the crowd. Yes, absolutely. That's a possibility. And I'm expecting them to be in Perth because uh, they're not getting a Seth Rollins title match on Saturday. They're not getting a Roman title match on Saturday. Uh, CM Punk got hurt. So, I mean, that's that's a big fucking uh, triple loss there. So, I'm assuming 
that Perth is going to get Rock and Roman in some point during that Grayson Waller effect, which we will get into a little bit later. But I do think that we might hopefully get some answers on Saturday. I'm hoping that's the case. I think what you saw on Monday Night Raw, too, was something that a lot that we weren't supposed to see. Yeah. I don't think Drew and Cody were supposed to have that match on Raw. I think that was supposed to be in Perth, Australia. Yeah. Because Punk was winning that elimination chamber before yes. all things, you know, went awry. So I'm telling you right now, I think that video package you saw, which was very uh, pay-per-view-esque, was, I think, built for... Um, Chamber, I'm not going to sit here and say that like it's 100% done for Chamber. I think they also did that to gain interest, and it was beautifully done. But I think that type that match was was made for the Elimination Chamber. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I, I, it's funny you said that because I did not bring that up last night. That's a good point. Uh, when, I, I think a lot of people are kind of missing the whole Punk aspect because Punk is out. He's gotten surgery. He's now going through rehabilitation. We're not even thinking about how he fit into the plans. We're just now all trying collectively to move forward. And I do think that was the case. Yeah, they, they even put on a pay-per-view level match. I thought that match last night was fantastic. And it opened the show. Uh, they need to get those boys out so they can get to Perth. Um, and the thing here is that, you know, Punk was advertised for the show amongst some other shows. And Punk has made good on those appearances. They're just off camera. Yeah. Punk showed up last night off camera. I have a funny feeling Punk will be in Perth, probably maybe doing the pre-show or maybe he comes out and does something after the show goes off the air and waves to the crowd. But Punk was advertised, and WWE has done away with the whole, like, subject card to change type of mentality. If they promote somebody, normally they try and make good on it. So getting back to the Rock situation here, he basically shit on Utah. He said they flushed the dream match, not really Utah, but the fans. They flushed the match down the toilet between him and Roman, he said it's the same toilet that they sat on when they tweeted and cried about Cody Rhodes, the Cody Crybabies. Rock then asked the crowd what Rhodes' story was. Rock said that Reigns beat Rhodes at Mania last year, and now Rhodes wants a rematch. And then he asked what Cody's story is. He then said how stupid all this logic is. I'll stop there. Uh, I don't know if Rock is a newbie here, bro, but Cody won the Royal Rumble and is one of four men who've done it back-to-back. Uh, and then and then this was another thing that people got on my case about. Oh, well, he's, he's trying to be a heel. You know, there's a, there's heels and then there's, you know, cowardly heels, smart heels. I don't take Rock to be a dumb heel. So why why is he basically saying this is not logic when, when Cody won a shot and is getting an opportunity fair and square, deserved opportunity at, at Roman at WrestleMania because he won the Royal Rumble? What's that about? I don't, you know, I thought the Rock sports analogies were terrible. Absolutely terrible. Like, I understood what he was trying to do. He was trying to, you know, blend pop culture and what had happened in the sports realm altogether. And he was also trying to shit on the Utah Jazz. But yeah. realistically... He, he, he said the 49ers just lost to the Chiefs and didn't try to finish their story. They moved on like men. And he says Michael Jordan came into Utah, crushed the dreams of the Utah Jazz, and then the Jazz took their beating and moved on like men. Okay. And he came back and... Rock and said lost. you don't get another chance, another shot at your story just because you want it. He don't want he he wants it, but he won the opportunity. So what yeah. what, what what is what what logic is that? So I loved the promo. Besides this, it was cheap heat and realistically, Rock, who happens to be, you know, a football guy, should have really thought this one through. In my opinion, for being nitpicky, Cody won the Royal Rumble two years in a row. So if San Francisco had lost, the 49ers had lost the Super Bowl last year and had won the NFC Championship, which gets you to the Super Bowl from the National Football Conference, the NFC, 
then you'd get a shot again to win your, your Lombardi trophy, which is what Cody's doing right now because he won the Royal Rumble again, Dwayne. It's not like Cody won the Rumble and lost at WrestleMania 39 and then just automatically was like, hey, I want a shot at Roman at 40. That's not what happened, my man. He won the Rumble again. So the logic there was flawed. And then the Jazz scenario, I'm not going to even get into that because the Jazz ended up coming back and trying to get it's just it was just flawed to the nth degree. The smacking the herpes off people's lips, funny. Um, the inbred incest Mormon stuff, funny, cheap heat worked. But realistically, like um, Rock missed the mark with the sports analogies, and he, so, his logic just didn't make any sense. So, if the 49ers make it back to the Super Bowl next year, and they, they win uh, it, uh, and uh, they finish uh, the story. Uh, but if they, if they go back and get there and they don't win it, do they not deserve to be there? Of course. That's why I thought to myself, <laughs> when I, I'm watching this, I was like, fuck is wrong with him? Like, he's, he's like, he has a football league. I understood it was cheap heat and Roman's a 49ers fan, but this just, that's not how this shit works, pal. No. You know how this shit works. So, will we ever get an answer onto what Cody and Ro or Rock said to each other when Cody originally gave up his spot? I do believe we will, but I don't think the time's coming anytime soon. Well, it's, fun it's funny you say that because now the whole thing about this promo was, oh, Rock did a great heel promo. The, 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 listen, the, the Rock's delivery is fantastic. I'm never going to shit on the Rock delivering a heel promo but the context of it we can certainly pick it apart because most of it didn't make sense but it was after the fact drew that people you know uh fucking social media sleuths out there were, were trying to uncover uh things that the rock did body you know body language mannerisms finger pointing you know the whole bloodline uh you know salute at the end of the promo he did an l instead of holding up his finger so he fixed it he did fix it though well, I mean, there's got to be a reason to fans why he did that. So during his speech, The Rock hinted that he would ensure someone left WrestleMania a loser. Now, he did mention Cody in this promo, but people were claiming that he was pointing at Roman while saying the word loser. Now, while it was initially assumed he was referring to a different person, some fans noticed a visual clue in the segment. The Rock was actually pointing towards Roman as he made this statement, sparking speculation about his true intentions for WrestleMania. Some fans also noticed that while performing the bloodline sign, the finger was raised, but The Rock instead incorporated an L for loser, or if you if you guys in simpler terms want a, a pro wrestling uh, hand gesture, it's the Bullet Club, guns up. So similar to uh, that, this additional hint dropped during the segment added to the intrigue surrounding The Rock's intentions and potential developments into the story. Now people, Drew, are talking about Rock turning on Roman, is this a coup? Is this a, a whole plan that was going back to that rock whispering in Cody's ear? Is this all the game plan to, to basically screw Roman out of the championship and Cody and Rock are working together and then that's what's going to build Roman and Rock going into WrestleMania 41? I don't know what people are really thinking here, but... You know, this is the same thing that happens when movie trailers drop or video game trailers. People do fucking 30, 40 minute videos dissecting every inch of the trailer to try right. to find Easter eggs or special characters or continuation of a certain part of the story, whatever the case may be. But I said, is that what you really want? And I'm curious to get your take on this because I feel that if WWE is going to have a post WrestleMania angle, why are we not keeping Roman and Rock together? 
Why yeah. is the bloodline breaking up? I feel like, and, and I know you're going to give me a solid answer on this. I feel there's more money in Roman and Rock together than Roman and Rock separated here. A hundred percent. I mean, again, I think, you know, I get people want to look for Easter eggs and people want to try and be, you know, Inspector Gadget and all that other shit. But I think, you know, people are just grasping at different things to try and um, uncover Compensate things. for the very mid promo. Yeah, and I, I like, th could there be some stuff that Dwayne was doing, The Rock was doing here? Maybe, I don't know. But realistically, I was just listening to the words that are coming out of his mouth, which is a, which a lot of you should do as well when it comes to WWE. I mean, Gunther and Jimmy had a match on, or Jay had a match on Monday. And they basically telegraphed what was going to happen because Gunther brought up his brother. Yeah. There's a lot of things that people don't put into the equation. Could there be some Easter eggs here with Dwayne's promo? Maybe. But what I got from that is Dwayne, the rock Johnson is going to uh, do whatever he can by his family to make sure that Cody is a loser at WrestleMania. That's what I got out of it. But Cody finishing his story at WrestleMania is neither here nor there. You asked, do I believe there's money keeping rock and Roman together? Absolutely. Big money. I would hate to see these two rush this whole development that wasn't supposed to happen from the jump. To be done in like, I don't know, 44 days or yeah. whatever, however close WrestleMania. Yeah. That would suck. I mean, we get 44 days of the big. This is right on par with Austin and Triple H. It's probably surpassed that, truthfully, in terms of the two-man power trip. This is right next to Vince and Austin lining up. Like, you're not getting this ever. And it's here. So... I would try and make as much money and extend this as long as I possibly can because realistically, once WrestleMania is over, I think we all know that Roman and Rock are not going to France. Could they? Maybe. I would doubt it. But realistically, are they working money in the bank? No. And then SummerSlam's here. That's when you can have the implosion, in my opinion. That's yeah, I, when I would do it. I, I just feel I just feel like there's just so much more to the story left to be told with them together. I feel like the real story begins... After WrestleMania, get Roman to drop the title to Cody, have Rock use his power against Triple H, maybe play out that story after WrestleMania. It may be part of the long-term long booking here, the long gamer uh, of The Rock. Yeah, and we get that power struggle with, struggle with The Rock using his power now being on the board to basically take the bloodline and make them the most powerful entity in the company where Triple H has to band some people together to try and stop the bloodline. And then maybe Funny, I wonder who said that on this show. I mean, this is something that we actively discussed a few weeks ago. Like, I don't the biggest the biggest thing that's going to come from this. I'm trying to get my hands together is Triple H and The Rock. They showed that rival promo on Monday Night Raw for a freaking reason. Yes, that has aired so many months ago. It's old. It's old news. That rival stuff on Annie is like last summer. So. Trust me when I tell you that was done for a reason, and that is going to be the biggest power struggle in WWE. Rock is going to insert his board membership, and Triple H is going to insert his COO, you know, delegation from the top, all this other stuff, and it's going to be the, the biggest power struggle in WWE. It's Rock and Triple H that are going to be the focal points. Cody is team Triple H, and Roman is team Rock. And it's the bloodline. It's the bloodline and the hostile takeover of WWE. And we're going to, it's basically like WCW and WWE, but WCW is now the bloodline and WWE is WWE, but it's led by Triple H and Cody Rhodes.
Yes. That's what this is. There's just that's, exact, so, that's what you're getting. There's just so much for this story to tell. And a lot of people are like, well, well, Rock is turning on Roman and we're going to get the angle set up for WrestleMania 41. But the question is, why do it Don't now? Don't be upset when you that got, doesn't happen. You got 365 oh. days till the next WrestleMania. Why are you building a match between them now when Rock is going to make maybe a handful of appearances over the next 365 days? We don't need, this is what people don't get. I don't know why people want to start this now. We don't need multiple matches between Roman Reigns and Dwayne Johnson. We need one match, and that takes place next year at WrestleMania 41 in Las Vegas. And then that's it. It's over. And the whole long game here is, and I said this a few weeks back with this man on the show, I said the whole angle, the whole long game is, I wouldn't be surprised if The Rock wants to get Roman Reigns over as the biggest babyface in the company as the legit babyface that Vince wanted him to be seven years ago but couldn't because it was forced. That's the whole fucking game here. It's going to be babyface Rock, or babyface Roman rather, against heel Rock at WrestleMania 41. That's the fucking long game. Why play it off now when we have all year to do it and there's so much fun to be had for the rest of the year? Maybe. I, I don't hate the idea. It's just I have a f hard time believing that there's going to be, when this all happens... I think that Roman turns on The Rock and has a new bloodline beat The Rock down because realistically, you got to put sympathy back on The Rock because The Rock did this all for his family. That's yeah. what this is. So how do you... You can't make Rock the villain here. You can't. You can't make him the villain when all he's doing is defending his family. You can make him a villain to the Cody Crybabies and to... You know some of the WWE universe, but realistically, like the Rock's not going to be the villain in his own family. The Rock came back to save his family from the tyrannical leader that was Roman Reigns, and now Cody talks shit on his family, the Rock's family. So now the Rock stepped up and said, "Nobody talks shit about my family, and these fans could stick it, brother." Yeah. So I think all the sympathy goes back to the Rock when this turn happens because that's the way it should be. Could they go differently? Sure. I don't hate your idea, but realistically, you're 100 I actually like right. your idea a lot better. The Rock and Roman Reigns, I think The Rock is going to start to have all of the Bloodline members, Jimmy, Jay, Solo, all behind him, and Roman is going to outsource new Bloodline members that are going to be, because you'll see, again, long game, the cracks in the foundation, all this other stuff. How do we write this to people watch for another year? You all, I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent here, and I don't normally do this. I talk in sound bites, but you all wanted more Roman never here he's never there he never defends the championship blah 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 i want to know how many of you are sick of gunther's intercontinental title reign well first a of all of i you, think those people are fucking mentally ill if you are so but that's, they want more but they want more for gunther they want him to get rid of this intercontinental championship <laughs> and they want him to go for the world heavyweight championship Who? or or the main championship they want him to be done with this intercontinental championship run i've seen it Fuck and what happens what happens is is if roman was on smackdown every week or defending his championship once a month on a SmackDown or whatever else, Roman showing up on SmackDowns wouldn't be destination television. And every time Roman shows up, whether it's a pay-per-view, even just to sit in the backstage area or a SmackDown, everybody is watching. The world is watching. WWE Universe is watching. And that's the difference. You Sometimes less is more. And for all of you wanting this to end at WrestleMania where Rock screws Roman... Why? Where are we going after that? You want to wait another year so Dwayne's just 
hightailing it now? No SummerSlam? SummerSlam's in Cleveland. You think they're blowing this match off in Cleveland? Nah. <laughs> Sorry, Cleveland. I love you. Man, that sounds terrible, nah. man. No. So, I mean, just, like, let it play out a little bit. Now, a lot of people have noticed, and I think you called it out, whether it was last week or the week before that, that Roman kind of looked less than. I think it was probably during the press conference where he kind of looked like little brother, and uh, he looked kind of inferior to The Rock. The Rock was on SmackDown, and Roman was in the corner, and, you know, uh, they were basically portraying Roman as the cousin of The Rock, not really the tribal chief. Or uh, or the head of the table. Uh, do you yeah, see like a little brother? Yeah. Do you see that playing a big factor into what these fans are conspiring for at WrestleMania? Do, do, you, do you think do you think that's going to come into play uh, at any point here with the, with those subtle clues? How long is Roman going to be able to stand up to that and not be addressed as the tribal chief? Um. Well, I think the Rock is. Um, what is it? He was. Um, He's the high chief. High chief, right? Yeah. So I think that's going to be put into it. And again. I think what comes of this is it's it's the bloodline versus WWE and WWE is going to be led by Team Cody and then all of a sudden it's going to be the bloodline versus the bloodline but it's going to be Co or Roman's bloodline versus the Rock's bloodline. The Rock is going to treat his family members Jimmy, Jay, Solo as equal. They're not going to be lesser than or having to waiting in the wings or being second fiddle to Roman and they're going to start to almost like whose side are you on? And You'll have Roman and you'll have Rock and people will shut, you know, the, the like the old like kids, like, are you with him or are you with me? Yeah. And the kids shuffle behind one guy. That's going to be the Rock. And then Roman's going to introduce new members to his bloodline that could use the Roman-esque push, in my opinion. Jacob Fatu. Oh, yeah. I know Tamatanga's not in the bloodline, you know, by blood, or maybe that could happen. There's also another member that I'm forgetting who's actually in the bloodline. Lance on Hawaii. Uh, we there have go. Uh, Zilla Fatu. Okay. You know? So there's three of them. Yeah. I just think that's where we're headed. This is the long game for The Rock. And to have his family, the focal point, is a major selling point for him. But again, I think the Cody being Team WWE with Punk and Seth and everybody else maybe against the bloodline is what's going to get us into the summer. And then after the summer, I think it's going to be Rock's bloodline and Roman's bloodline. I love it. I think that's I think that's the way to go. I don't know why people are so obsessed with this this turn. That, I told y'all uh, not to piss off DJ either. And now what you've done is you get your match at forty. I'll be live there in the crowd. And when Cody doesn't win, because I hope he does, but when Cody doesn't win, I'm going to sit back and I'm going to call into JD's show because <laughs> he'll be doing a post show. And I'm going to look. I'm going to get him and be like, y'all shouldn't have pissed off DJ. Good night. Now, as far as as far as The Rock and his involvement, we still don't know what The Rock is doing, whether he's going to be an enforcer or referee, if he's going to be wrestling at WrestleMania. Uh, after what we got on Friday, where's your mindset at? Are we still getting this tag team match with, uh, with Seth, Cody, Roman, Rock on night one? Because I still am in the boat of it does not make any sense whatsoever, and I don't know why we do it. I, I think we got to figure out we got to get through chamber because the Grayson Waller effect with Cody and um, Seth is going to be very telling. In my opinion, this doesn't need to be on chamber and it is, which leads me to believe like, could we get interrupted by the rock? I maybe is Roman going to show up. Could they appear on the television screen? That way Perth feels like they got the rock and they don't have to travel rock and Roman. Don't know. Don't know. But I feel like it's very interesting. The timing of the Grayson Waller effect with the Rock and Roman possibly showing up and solidifying that WrestleMania match. 
The other thing is, is that with Seth being hurt, you really want him to pull double duty. I know it's a tag match, but the chamber has said the winner will face Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. So, I mean, Rollins is defending that world heavyweight championship unless he can't or loses it beforehand. So I don't know. I think the timing is very interesting there for, like I said, for the Grayson Wall effect. The one thing I can tell you that I think will happen between now and WrestleMania is uh, Rikishi is the special guest enforcer or referee for that brother versus brother match. I do think that's going to happen. I can see that. Yeah, we'll get into that too because there was a report from WrestleVotes on uh, how all that came about last night with Jey Uso and Gunther. Um, I don't really want to see this tag team match. Some people are, some people in the community are pushing for it. I don't know who loses. Uh, I don't know why it makes any sense to these people. Uh, I don't risk Rollins wrestling. I mean, Rollins, Rollins right now is still rehabbing. Yeah, you, you you want him to defend the title and then wrestle, have him wrestle another match? But where I don't understand the logic in that. We talked about this last week. It just it's so stupid. And then the the big kicker for me is not even who loses. Why do you want to ruin the fucking aura and the appeal of Cody and Roman being in the ring together on Sunday by putting them in the ring on Saturday? It's like, don't you, don't you think it takes away from the effect when you see them in the ring and the bell rings and you got the ambiance of WrestleMania 40 and the main event on Sunday night? I don't like that. Why would you want to take that away? Yeah, I think, I think The Rock needs to have a match at WrestleMania because I think that's where it was headed. And I don't know how we get there. Um, but I agree with you, like having Roman and the rock wrestle night one, you know, sends those fans home happy who may be not attending WrestleMania night two and, you know, won't get to see Roman Cody, et cetera, et cetera. But man, I, you know, I think it's, it's tough to book that match and then keep the heat and the sympathy that goes into another match Sunday night. I, it's tough again, you know, could rock insert himself into the chamber on Saturday could he take somebody out? Could he insert Could his board membership privileges and power? That way, The Rock and Seth Rollins go one-on-one at WrestleMania. Could that happen? Sure. That way, The Rock's got the World Heavyweight Championship and Roman's got the you know undisputed championship. Maybe I don't know. I everyone see you know everyone sees this differently. Everyone sees this as being the tag match, which is fine. But does that tag match need to happen at WrestleMania? I think you're 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 asking for a lot and risking a lot. And also, like JD said. It takes away the aura of Cody and Roman locking up again because they're in a tag match and that visual is already there. I just don't know if I do it. I don't, I don't know. I mean, uh, I don't know when WWE's going to Saudi next. I know they got backlash in France. I mean, you could do it there. The tag team match, you could do it in Saudi. Bunch of other places you could do it. I don't got to be on fucking night one of WrestleMania. Yeah, I mean, the trailer suggests it's a tag match, but it also doesn't it, it doesn't leave out the pot, the realm of possibility that The Rock and Seth Rollins could be wrestling in a singles. I mean, I you know, I don't know. That's the beautiful thing about this. Well, Rock we're doing Cody, a, Rock Cody night one. Who yeah. the fuck knows? I mean, we're, we're doing a show trying to predict where they're going, and that's the beautiful thing right now about this season that we're in of WrestleMania. It's unpredictable, and we, we got to tune in weekly to see where they're going. So that's a good thing, you know? It's a damn good thing. Speaking of the chamber, that's exactly what Rollins and Cody will be doing. They're on the Grayson Waller effect. I'm assuming there there will be some storyline implications coming out of that. I, I pray to God that there is. Uh, so that is one of the things that's happening on the chamber, which right now we're looking at four matches. And the chamber matches are going to be basically doing most of the heavy lifting here. I guess we'll get into the preview predictions because there's not a lot happening on the show on Saturday. And you mentioned the men's chamber. This is for a shot at Seth Rollins at the World Heavyweight Championship. Drew McIntyre 
Randy Orton, Bobby Lashley, LA Knight, Kevin Owens, and Logan Paul. That's a stacked men's chamber match, one of the more stacked matches in recent memory. I know a lot of people, Drew, are going with McIntyre to win this. And if I was to give you a uh, scale of most popular to win this thing down to the, the, the least popular, I would say Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton, and then the dark horse here, L.A. Knight. It could be any one of those three guys. And we have to factor L.A. Knight into this thing because, you know, that whole CM Punk missing for the next six months or so is a big gap on Monday Night Raw. This is why I could see Randy Orton win the match because they're going to need somebody. If Cody is going to win the world, I'm predicting Cody to win the world championship. Cody's going to win the world championship. That would effectively make him a SmackDown star. So you're going to take Cody away from Monday Night Raw. Who's over there? To fill even, that gap on top of CM Punk being injured. Maybe Randy Orton wins it. Maybe LA Knight wins it. Maybe we don't win. Maybe we don't go with Drew McIntyre winning it. Who knows? Yeah, I said this last week. I said, you guys really got to start reading between the lines. If the plan is for Cody to win the undisputed WWE championship, great. But that leaves a gaping hole yeah. on SmackDown. Or excuse me, on Monday Night Raw. Because you have CM Punk, Cody Rhodes gone, essentially. CM Punk down to injury. And, I mean, that's your two biggest draws on Monday Night Raw next to Drew McIntyre and all that other stuff. So someone's going to have to fill that void. And I think that void is Randy Orton. My prediction is Randy Orton wins this chamber. That's, that's me. Th that's pretty interesting. A lot of people are going with Drew, claiming that he is doing the best work of his WWE run right now. His social media game is on fire. He beat Cody Rhodes. Uh, you could look at that as a potential to him not winning the chamber because he got a huge win over the number one contender for the biggest title in the entire company. But as far as McIntyre, you can't really give him the win and say, yeah, man, I'm going to the Vegas uh, betting odds and I'm going to fucking put everything, the house, the kids, the dog, the wife, the house, the kids, everything on, on, on Drew McIntyre. can't do that because his contract, his contract situation, he, he hasn't signed a new contract yet. So I don't know if WWE is going to lure him with a world title run to maybe get him to sign. But you got to think in, in the business mind, why would WWE give him a world championship title win at, at their biggest show ever and, and him not sign a new contract yet? So that's going to be a huge question mark going into Saturday night. Well, here's the deal. I mean, I saw so many people being like, oh, you know, WWE doesn't push the people they're going to be getting rid of soon. Everything else like that bullshit. Adam Copeland had a main event match on SmackDown, his retirement match, and he was pushed way before that, too. Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson was pushed and then was on his way out. I can, those are just the two that I can aim off the top of my head. Adam Cole was pushed heavily by WWE and NXT. Never showed up on Raw or SmackDown, but he was pushed heavily by the third brand. So bullshit. Drew McIntyre being in the chamber is just a big, Drew's doing the best work of his career. This is, I think, a little bit of a nudge to be like, hey, look at what you could have. Look at what you could be doing. But I think, and I said it, and it took Sean Ross Sapp to report it for you, you know, geeks and everybody else that you like to call them, all the people, to take it seriously that Drew has not resigned with WWE yet. And I think, truthfully, the stuff that happened at Clash at the Castle is bothering Drew McIntyre and has. He, sh he feels like he should have won the championship there. I don't necessarily disagree with him, but it wouldn't have gotten Roman to a thousand days. So that's a problem. And I think WWE wanted to get there, but I think this has left a bitter taste in Drew McIntyre's mouth. And I think Drew McIntyre is going to do the best for what's best for Drew McIntyre and his family. And that's to get either a lucrative contract from all elite wrestling and 
show it to WWE and say, this is what they're offering. Can you, I mean, that's just smart business. So I, I don't think it's signed to delivered that Drew McIntyre is going back to WWE just yet. Uh, I think it's probably best for him to stay. I, I don't see him doing much of anything over on AEW side. Uh, Tony Khan doesn't need him. But if, um, if that ends up happening, you know, good for him. He's going to make bank anyway. But I feel like he's happy where he is right now. I feel like everything's kind of gelling. I think they want to keep him. I think he wants to stay. And someone in the chat just said, Drew McIntyre is the only Monday Night Raw star in that men's elimination chamber match, which I did not piece together until I just read that, like, maybe 15 seconds ago. Yeah. And that that's is, a- that, that's, pretty, that's pretty fucking crazy that the entire Raw championship match is being... Contested with five SmackDown guys. And that should, and that's whoever said that, that was my next point. And I said this last week. You guys got to start reading between the lines. One of those men is the only man that can represent Monday Night Raw. And they're basically telegraphing this victory. And WWE doesn't do that. So something's going to happen. If Drew McIntyre wins this, so be it. Then WWE just telegraphed it and this was a throwaway chamber, but I just don't see that being the case because they've already given you, in my opinion, who's winning the women's. They're just going to throw the men's at you too because there's no way Becky Lynch is losing. No. And now Drew McIntyre is the only man from the Raw brand that's in this match. Uh-uh, something and, and, and another aspect, guys, I know uh, we are very uh, on point with a lot of what we talk about here, but... I think neither one of us have been able to figure out what Randy Orton's doing at WrestleMania. So going back to what Drew said and him predicting Randy Orton, you know, Drew McIntyre basically could go and have a match with Sami Zayn at WrestleMania and he'll fit right into the card. You can't do that with Randy Orton. What is Randy Orton doing at WrestleMania if he's not winning this chamber match? Right. And that's the biggest thing. Like, I've seen people say, Randy versus Nick Alex. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Listen, I said that, too. Don't, I don't want to laugh well, at that. Well, you can get the fuck out, too. <laughs> I Listen, mean, give me a break. They got to get Nick Aldis out of that position some way. Sure, but you, Randy and Nick at Mania? Why not? It's a SmackDown match at best. Come I on. love Nick, but come on. Come on. Come on with that. L.A. Knight, you know, he could. what is L.A. Knight doing? I felt like maybe L.A. Knight and Logan Paul get set up in the chamber match, but what are they doing with Kevin Owens? It's just right back to the same question with Randy Orton. What is Kevin Owens doing at WrestleMania if he's not in the well, United that, States championship picture? And KO's had a hell of a run at WrestleMania, so if yeah. KO doesn't get something magical or big time for this year's WrestleMania, so be it. I'm just saying... KO wrestled Steve at uh, Steve Austin at WrestleMania 38 and won the tag team championships in the main event of WrestleMania. He main evented back-to-back WrestleManias, okay? Which yeah. is damn near, there's only a handful of people who have done it. And not to mention, winning the tag team championships with your best friend and having Stone Cold Steve Austin's last match in Dallas, it fucking breaks. If Kevin Owens doesn't do something, it's okay. I mean, he'll have a match, but if it's not high profile, it's okay. Yeah. K- KO's got enough equity built in that He's going to be just fine. But I think the chamber match is going to be very telling because I think there's going to be feuds intertwined. I think KO might have a program with Bobby Lashley, possibly. Um, Or maybe we're going to get the, what is the Authors of Pain and Karrion Cross's team? The Final Testament. The Final Testament taking on the Hurt Business. That could happen at WrestleMania. Then we don't know where KO goes. But I think Logan Paul and um, LA Knight, that's going to be the other thing to watch in the chamber. I think those two lock up at WrestleMania. So, you know, it'll be interesting. I I just, I don't see Drew McIntyre winning this chamber. I know it's the obvious pick and he's going to be the odds on favorite, but I, I Randy Orton, I think, is headed 
um, to Monday Night Raw. And I think Randy is, that match could be so quick on Sunday to where Randy is elevated to a whole different stratosphere where Seth is kind of, you talked about being the working man's champion, everything else like that. And Seth maybe gets his ass kicked on Saturday by the new bloodline. Hobbles his way out to open the show on Sunday. Randy's music hits. A little quick RKO. Randy's holding that World Heavyweight Championship to kick off WrestleMania night two. I'm just saying. Yeah, uh, listen, you, you make sense. You, you're uh, you're batting uh, pretty decent tonight. Uh, I will say this about Randy Orton, though. Uh, I'm kind of greedy. I would like Randy Orton to stay on SmackDown because if Cody's winning that championship, I just have fantasy booking, uh, you know, imaginations about Randy Orton and Cody Rhodes having a program on Friday nights with that uh, WWE championship on the line. Well, that's the thing. You know, when, it's tough to give up, they, man. Yeah, when they pulled the, the Rock and Roman card, it was like, okay, we could see Randy do something here. Randy could take on a member of the bloodline, all this other stuff. But now, Randy versus Solo makes no sense. Solo's nah. intertwined now on the other side. He's so intertwined with his family that I don't know if Solo has a match at WrestleMania. I think Solo might be in the corner of the bloodline. He don't need a match. Right, and that's the thing. Like They have done this so well where Jimmy and Jay are having a match at WrestleMania. Rock and Roman are, are either tagging or having singles matches at WrestleMania, and Solo doesn't need a match. He could just be in the corner. I mean, it's, it's brilliant, and people won't be like, why isn't Solo wrestling? He doesn't need to at this event. I know it sounds crazy, but he doesn't. Maybe Randy, Orton, maybe Randy Orton versus LA Knight at WrestleMania, and we get Kevin Owens versus Logan Paul for the United States Championship, but then you're going to risk, because Randy Orton's a, a babyface, and LA Knight's a babyface, you're going to risk turning Randy Orton heel, which I don't mind, but yeah. maybe? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. I could, I'll could. i break a little news here if you want to. Sure. Uh, I, I do know that the talks have heated up in terms of writing for Damian Priest to cash in his Money in the Bank contract, and I know that obviously it's like, well, no, duh. He his contract ends in July, a year to the day. But I'm telling you, it's it's become more and more. Um, they've been more and more aware of the situation and writing for it for WrestleMania and or backlash. I mean, he ain't so, going nowhere. No, he's not going anywhere. But what I'm saying is, I think that contract, not not Damian Priest's contract, the Money in the Bank contract, they want to cash that in either at Mania or at Backlash because they don't want him holding on to that champion that championship contract all the way up until their next Money in the Bank pay-per-view, because then it would take away from whomever wins that Money in the Bank that year. And I think that could possibly be Cody. Well, it could go it could go to McIntyre if that's the case, because that's the His contract that, would have been yeah. I mean, yeah, well, it could go it could go McIntyre Rollins mm -hmm. at, at WrestleMania and then like Rollins did at 30, what was it, 30, 33? One. 31. 31. I don't know why I got mixed up with 33. Uh, he could do the same thing that Rollins did and cash in, make a triple threat match right at the end of the match and steal the win and pin right. and pin Drew. And Drew could be there to get his title match and all the, you know, his his path is is there, but Damian Priest fucks him over. And that's been a long-term thing as well on Monday Night Raw. They could play into that. I don't mind that happening. I just don't see Priest holding that championship for very long past WrestleMania. And there could also be something where, let's just say, that Cody and, and Seth are in Perth on the Grayson Waller effect and Rock and Roman show up. Surprise, surprise. They beat the shit out of each other. You know, Seth is out in a left lane and Priest Cash is in there. I'm just telling you there has been more chatter about Priest cashing in within the next three months than there ever has been. Yeah, which is a, a whole new discussion for a different day because I, yeah. I think WWE is really... 
stretching themselves thin with that money in the bank gimmick. I honestly feel like it's either got to go away, it needs to be reimagined. I don't really like it as a standalone pay-per-view. I would much rather see a men's ladder match on night one and a women's ladder match on night two or vice versa at WrestleMania. I don't really feel like we need uh, the money in the bank to be, you know, uh, an integral part of the show like it has been. I, I just feel like uh, WWE usually backs themselves into a corner and they don't really know what to do with it at the end I, of the day. I think this is their summer Royal Rumble. And it, all, it also, I think what they're going to do now is they're going to take with the new regime in here. I think they're going to use the money in the bank as it was originally intended to elevate talent that just need that extra yeah. into the main event level. And I think you're, you're going to see guys like, I think this year, you, if Cody doesn't win at 40, you could have Cody win the money in the bank and then call his shot at the garden, stuff like that. I know I'm still on it. I'm going to stay on it until we... It's a possibility. It. You got to keep mentioning right. it. So, but I do believe that the new regime is going to use the money in the bank to elevate younger talent that need that. I think Tiffany Stratton is someone to look out for winning that money in the bank this coming year. Um, and I believe, you know, if the men, if for some reason Cody doesn't win at 40... He could be the person or Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn holding that money in the bank contract would be something. And I normally, I know heels are better off holding that contract, but Sami could kind of play like that. He's cerebral with it yeah. for, for lacking better term here, because that's triple H's stuff and Tiff's a heel. So it works. Yeah. I could see Gunther holding that as well. Cashing in. That's another uh, one. Cash, at Berlin. Cashing, cashing in like RVD calling his shot in Berlin yeah. and uh, doing RVD. Yeah. They're never going to get rid of that that PLE, in my opinion, because it's almost bigger than Survivor Series at this point. Yeah. So that's the men's chamber, guys. Uh, I mean, there's just a lot going into that, so it's going to be very, very newsworthy and very intriguing coming out of Saturday's show. The women's chamber, like Drew said, is a lot less um, unpredictable. Becky Lynch, what, Bianca Belair. What happened on Raw, JD? What happened? They made Nia squash everybody that's in the chamber. Yeah, I I, 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 gl I glanced over it because I, I, I hated that entire fucking segment last night. But, but how does that make any sense? I was talking to Blake this morning, and I had missed it myself, and he's like, go back and watch it. And he's right. She squashed everybody. I don't know. She made the chamber participants look like little bitches. I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know if that's setting up a, a longer-term plan for Nia Jax going into the chamber and then out of the chamber. Um, I don't know what they're doing with her. She's wrestling Rhea Ripley. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, but Becky Lynch, Bianca Belair, Liv Morgan, Tiffany Stratton, Naomi, and Raquel Rodriguez, yes, were all beat up by Nia Jax last night. That is the women's chamber. Uh, this is a loaded match just like the men, but Raquel's not going to WrestleMania. Naomi's not going to WrestleMania. Tiffany Stratton just got here. Uh, Liv Morgan, for all the Liv Morgan stands out there, uh, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but Liv Morgan versus Rhea Ripley is not a WrestleMania match, and they're not passing up Becky for Liv. Bianca Belair's been there, done that. Every match she's had at WrestleMania has been a title match. I think we're over that. Becky Lynch versus Rhea Ripley is the biggest women's match that WWE could physically do right now, and there's no reason at all to pass up on this moment for WrestleMania 40. No, and they should 100% do it, and they will. Yes. So I mean, that's going to close the show, in my opinion. That will close the show, no doubt about it. I think if the women open this mat, this pay-per-view premium live event, then I think that Rhea and um, Becky will have a face-to-face -to, -face to close this pay-per-view premium live event. Now, th there was a report on uh, the chamber, the women's chamber to be exact, and, and you know, Meltzer's had a very, very difficult week here in regards to reporting stories, and uh, he's been uh, under fire by a few people in the community 
But there was a report, Drew, that he put out stating that Jade Cargill on Friday night was in the skybox with Braun Breaker and Nick Aldis. Bianca Belair was there. Liv Morgan was there. She was there signing a, a contract or looking over a contract on what brand she wanted to go to. And Dave Meltzer said that the plan before this week was Jade was supposed to be in the chamber. Now, on Raw, they had a last chance women's battle royal, which Raquel Rodriguez won. Dave says that Jade was supposed to be in the chamber. I don't think that Jade was ever factored into the chamber. I don't know why anybody in that company would even contemplate that idea. It's fucking terrible. She doesn't belong at WrestleMania in a championship match. She doesn't belong in the chamber because, here's a spoiler, guys, the only way out of the chamber is by taking a pinfall. Why do you want to do that to Jade Cargill? So I think Dave Meltzer's report was a little outlandish. Well, I, again, I think Jade might have been factored into these equations in terms of being in the chamber. But to your point, when you're booking a star like Jade and you want her to remain at the top of the card and you want her to have equity, you don't have her go into the chamber and take an L. No. And you and the, the women that are in this chamber, with all due respect to Jade, what is she going to who's she going to run through right now? Like, so you, you're going to put Jade in there and she's going to dominate Raquel Gonzalez. She's going to dominate a returning Naomi. No. So there's two out of the four. She would be the th the third. Um, I, and I just, I, I, you know, you have three other people not named Becky Lynch in that. It just doesn't make any sense. There's no reason to put Jade in this match to just have a name in there for her to take an L because then people start to become disinterested. The aura of Jade is gone. I'm telling you Jade slamming Nia or Jade and Bianca at WrestleMania, if they want to do it this year, is a match that will elevate Jade. I think Jade and Nia makes a lot of sense because Jade can body slam Nia and it'll get, it's the visual that WWE loves and it'll get a lot of people talking. Um, but I just, yeah, putting Jade in this match makes no sense because she's just going to eat an L. And there's, why do that with this person you've invested so much time, effort, and equity in? Doesn't make any sense at all. I think WWE is going to have two women's matches on night one and two women's matches on night two. Drew actually was the first one, I think, that I've seen call out the fact that Nia Jax is perfect for Jade at WrestleMania on either night one or night two. And I said, you know, Bianca doesn't need to be in anything, you know, too important. I think Bianca helping mold Tiffany Stratton into the next upcoming big star on Friday night, put them in a match on that night two. I like yeah, that. I, I like that match. You know, she doesn't need to be in fucking something uber important. And they're both talented women. I think Tiffany can use it. And then Jade, like Drew said, the visual of her slamming Nia and pinning her at WrestleMania, that's a moment in itself that could solidify her uh, on WrestleMania weekend. She doesn't need to be in anything major as well. Just make her look like a fucking star. And that, that would accomplish that. No, and I think what's going to happen is you're going to see if Nia has a really good showing against Rhea in her hometown, which I believe she will, then you'll start to realize, oh, shit. Okay, Nia is getting that, like, Rhea won by, by the skin of her teeth. Yeah. And Nia, they got plans for Nia at WrestleMania, and the perfect foil for that would be Jade. Yeah. And That's just, just my opinion. You know, Tiffany Stratton kind of doesn't fit that mold just yet. I think Tiffany versus Bianca is money. That's a great match yeah. because Bianca can elevate Tiff. Bianca and Jade is something that I want next year at WrestleMania when Jade has a ton more equity and a ton more steam behind her, and that match has a championship attached to it. That's it's me. It's the same reason why you guys, I don't know why you're rushing towards Rock Roman this year. It doesn't need to happen this year. Next year is the perfect time to do it. Same thing with Be uh, with Bianca and Jade. It's not the right time. Jade's not anywhere close to that uh, being ready. So next I year, she should be, by all accounts. I would much rather see it next year. 
How about this box office for next year, whether it's Minneapolis or whether it's Vegas? Rock and Roman, all right? Punk and Seth, maybe. Maybe you get that at SummerSlam. But Nia, or excuse me, Jade and Bianca. And then on the other side, you could have Cody versus Roman. Cody versus Randy. Whatever you want to do. Maybe Rock's not involved. But again, you probably won't get Cody and Roman again. But Cody and Randy, Rock and Roman at 41, and Jade and 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 Bianca, man, that's money. That's big box office. It is. It really is. I mean, that's uh, I mean, that's way too early to be talking about it. It's not uh it's not out of the realm of possibility where we uh can't start fantasizing about WrestleMania 41. But yeah, um, that's gonna be um something we talk about. Obviously, I could see that being a discussion after WrestleMania to see where things play out. But yeah, Jay Cargill and Bianca next year for sure. I think uh those two situations for those four ladies are the way to go. Rhea Ripley versus Nia Jax for the Women's World Championship. No doubt in my mind, Rhea Ripley's winning that. Uh, really nothing more to that. And then the Tag Team Championships are on the line. Uh, Judgment Day, Finn Balor and Damian Priest will defend those Tag Team titles against what they are now calling the new Catch Republic. I have to get used to that. I prefer British shrunk style, but it is Pete Dunne and Tyler Bate who beat DIY on Friday Night SmackDown to get this opportunity uh, no doubt in my mind that Finn Balor and Damian Priest will win. As I did say, and I think Drew and I had discussed this already as well on this show, uh, R-Truth and Miz will be winning those tag team titles at WrestleMania from Priest and Balor. 100%. I mean, that's what what's going to happen is that's the visual of, and WWE loves yeah. to do this, that's going to be R-Truth overcoming his bullies. That's yeah. exactly what it is. And, yep. that's, and I think that's when we start to see the true cracks in the foundation of, of Judgment Day. Because Judgment Day has done pretty much everything you can do without taking over some singles championships yeah. in terms of the men. And I think JD and um, Balor stay together, but I think Priest is gone. Yeah, so. I could see that too. I think we've been discussing that as well. Uh, again, it all have it all um, really depends on what happens with that briefcase as well. How does that factor into the breakup? You know, does he cash in and do they screw him over? I don't know. I don't know what's happening there, but uh, again... You know, for all the people that say, oh, wait, wait, where's the story in WWE? I mean, we just we just talked about several different aspects of story. What the fuck are you talking about? You know what, I ne what I'll never understand either? And this is not a shot at anybody in particular. This is not, I'll, I'll just come out and say, it. this is not a shot at Jesse. I don't understand how a lot of these content creators come out and they're like, oh, I don't watch WWE. Oh, okay. But I'm going to be watching WrestleMania. Because you mentioned stories. How the fuck do you guys keep up with what's going on with WWE if you just watch WrestleMania? It's just, well, how did we get here? Well, you know how we got here. Because you watch the things at your leisure. Just stop lying. Stop pretending like you don't watch WWE. Because you do. It's the same people that came at me uh, last week. I went on a whole rant about it. Oh, uh, JD, he doesn't cover collision. He's not a <clears throat> fan of AEW. I'm like, What? Most yeah, of everything I mean, that happens in, in the company that's important happens on Wednesday. Right. The fuck? And like, what, I, again, and I, I mean this with, with a full sincerity. This is not at JD's partner on Wednesdays. It's a lot of people I see. I don't watch that crap. Okay. You don't? But I see them tweeting about, well, I'm going to be watching WrestleMania. What? How does that make yeah, sense? So how thing, do you know thing, what the hell's the, going the, on? The thing is, Drew, Jesse keeps up in other ways. He doesn't watch the shows, he but he watches clips. He watches of YouTube course, videos. He, he understands he what's going on. These people that you're referring to don't right. watch at all. Right. And what I'm saying is Jesse consumes his content or somebody else, you know, consumes their content at their leisure. 
Maybe it's they don't devote their two hours on Monday night or three hours on Monday night to Raw. They'll watch it at their leisure. And that that's acceptable. I accept that. You don't do review shows because you don't watch it live. That makes sense. But don't sit here and tell me that you don't watch WWE. Even the most diehard AEW fan is watching what WWE is doing right now because they're all saying they're going to watch WrestleMania. So you're just going to roll into WrestleMania cold? No, you're not. And the whole thing with you said with Collision and Dynamite, they're two separate shows, or at least they should be. So... If you want to watch it on a Sunday morning, that's up to you. You're keeping up with the product, but you don't need to watch it live and review it that second. I mean, come on. There's a lot of wrestling to go around. It's tough for me to keep up with all three of them. There's only two major promotions here in the States, in my opinion. That's WWE and AEW, and I do my damnedest to watch all of it. I'm trying to watch TNA at times because it seems like that's, you know, picking up here and there, but there's not enough time in the day. No. There's not, there's not many, that, that, the hours in the week go by very quickly here in my household. How could you be? How could you be so invested in the product and not cover their Saturday show and, re and review it? I don't know. I'd rather sit on my fucking couch and watch a movie and make myself an adult beverage. Do you mind? I'd rather. <laughs> I'd rather try and uh, have fun with my wife. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, man. I'd rather take my kids. Well, I took my kids to a hotel over the weekend. I took them to the Omni so they could swim in a pool. Like I. You know, because we don't have a pool here. It's the middle of winter. Even if we had a pool, we'd damn sure not indoors. So, you know, I mean, like, there's, I'm not going to be like, hey, you know, eight o'clock, six o'clock on Sundays. I can't be anywhere, babe. Sorry, guys. I can't play football this week. Why? Collision's on. The fans expect me to cover it. Come on. I mean, realistically, like, everyone's got lives. Come on. Come Speaking on. of which, nice transition. We'll get into, we got some WWE stuff here. We got, uh, uh, Monday Night Raw to get into. We got some Vince stuff, but being that we're on the AW side, O'Shea Jackson Jr. He was interviewed by Chris Van Vliet, and Chris asked him on riling up AEW fans. O'Shea mm -hmm. said this, and I got the transcript from uh, Chris's podcast here. He says this, and I quote, "Does uh, Mr. Jackson? I don't mean to." But, like, the issue I have is for people who don't watch anything besides the two, WWE and AEW, whether you're younger or older, stuck in your ways, if I'm watching someone on AEW and I, has, and I as who is, ask, who is this guy, I don't need you to tell me I'm not a real wrestling fan to tell me how could you not watch so-and-so? Who gives a damn? Like, I need you to inform me, bro. Or at least have your program and, in a way, let people know why I should like this guy. Why should I fuck with this guy? That's something that I feel like is missing. Conan, when I was on his podcast, he brought up when you watch UFC and they give you a little backstory about this dude's backstory, about that dude. What's this guy had to go through and what's he done and vice versa? And then they put them in the room and they cuss at each other. And then by watching those videos, you pick the side, you know, and, and who you're going to side with. What they have is this nice group of people who watch all of these wrestling shows and they're already in the know. So when they see these names together, it's a dream match for them. But when you're trying to sell this to American television, you got to move that up a little bit. You got to give me some cinema to follow, something to hold on to besides the announce team running down a list for me while there's dudes walking down the ramp. I feel like that's what's missing here when you try and get involved and in trying to really give something a chance. And when you question it even a little bit, you get 
you know, 80 no-faced accounts coming at you at any given time, like me, you know, telling me, fuck this guy. And he just goes on and on about, uh, you know, the the whole tribalism aspect of it here. And I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's a whole segment on the show. But, I mean, is he fucking wrong? No, he's not no, he's, wrong. He's not wrong at all. No, he's not wrong. And I've, I said this verbatim on the show. It's just I understand that O'Shea is going to get um, a bigger platform. He's on Chris Van Vliet's show. I mean, I could call Chris and be like, hey, Chris, this is what I think about AEW. And he's not going to be like, hey, let's do a podcast together. Chris knows what he's doing in terms of like, I'm not, Chris is not going to interview me or you to talk about this stuff. He's, he's, he's you know, Shay's going to get the publicity and uh, Chris is going to help that. But I've been saying this for weeks, months. I, I don't give a shit what this person did over in new Japan. No ring of honor, whatever. No. Why? Tell me why I need to watch him on your television, your program, not theirs, yours. Cause I don't care what they did 16 months ago. In Osaka, Japan. I want to know what they're doing here on your show that you're making me digest and invest my time and effort into. Uh, again, um, the little video packages. Cody and Drew McIntyre last night. My son was like, wow, this feels like this feels like a big deal, Dad. And I was like, job done, WWE. Because realistically, you know, like the six and seven-year-olds and even the 19-year-olds, the it builds hype. The 29-year-olds, it builds hype. Yeah, I, again... I had no idea who took um uh Takeshna was. None. Zero. I had no idea what where he was, where he came from, all this other stuff. But AEW did a really good job with him, giving him wins, telling stories about Kenny Omega and all this other, and they made me invest in Takeshna. Because before this, I he was just another Japanese guy from New Japan who had a you know was big over there, but I had no idea who the hell he was. And that was one of the guys they did well with. A lot of guys have come over. They have dropped the ball with so many people not telling me who and what they've done, you know, or why I should invest in watching them on your show. I don't give a shit what they did in New Japan. Not, not everybody is a giant wrestling fan. I will give you and Jesse and Solomonster and some other people some credit. Y'all know a shit ton about other promotions. I don't because realistically, if it's not on in the States and it's not AEW and WWE, I don't know who the fuck they are. I do know, like, I know some of the New Japan guys because they build a name and a reputation for themselves. And that's great. That gets me to pay attention to them when they show up at these, these major promotions, WWE and AEW. But WWE will build them and make you invest in them once they step through their curtain and into that crowd and onto your television sets. AEW is relying on what they've done in the past to tell stories on their television from another promotion. I don't care. Tell me what they're going to do here. Why should I invest in them here? He, Not over there. He, he went on to say a lot of people tell him, go Google it. Go Google it. Go Google it. I'm sorry, like, but fuck. I like. I don't want to. I don't. I don't Google that shit. First Who of all, the only guy? the only thing I'm googling is how I make an adult beverage when I want something other than an old fashioned on a Thursday night. I don't. I don't give a shit about. I'm not googling fucking so and so promotion that I I gotta watch 480p clips on. Give me a fucking break. First of all. I want to use an example here in this. O'Shea Jackson Jr. is absolutely 100% correct. So is Drew. I don't give a fuck what anybody does anywhere else unless it's here in the United States. You want to go and be a fucking mark? You go watch fucking whoever wrestle 60 fucking minutes over in Japan. I don't give a fuck. I really don't. 
Gunther is the, the primest example here. I didn't give a shit what Gunther th did in, in the United Kingdom and Rev Pro, wherever the How fuck. About he AJ Styles. I don't give a fuck what AJ Styles did in Japan. Not one iota of a fuck about what right. AJ Styles. You know, you know what I care about when it comes to AJ Styles and Gunther? What they're doing now. I don't give a fuck what they did 10 years ago. Who gives a shit? The same thing with WWE and AEW. Go Google it. What is, what is Tony Khan doing to get over his roster when someone comes in from a foreign promotion? You should be giving me video packages as to why this guy's important, what he's going to be doing on your program. Andrade has had two video packages in the last two weeks documenting what he wants to do, why he's here, his backstory, where he's come from. Why don't we get that on AEW television? I started watching Succession the last couple of weeks. I'm in season three now. I just finished season two. Before every episode, they give you a fucking three-minute refresher about what has happened in previous episodes. Why don't I get that when it comes to introducing new talent to WWE or, in, in this case, AEW? I don't give a shit. Imagine you're watching a fucking show and you're invested in that show and the, the writing team introduces this new character and he just comes in halfway through the fucking story and then you get no backstory on who he is. What's his name? What, what is his correlation to the overall story? He just goes on about doing whatever the show is. And you get no, no backstory on him. Or aren't you going to be asking, well, who the fuck is this guy? What, do you want the writers to come out and tell you? The producers to come out and tell you? Go Google it. No. The fuck are yeah. you talking about? Yeah, no. You need to tell me why I should invest my time and effort into said talent. And that's the thing. If you go and look at, I'll ask you, name AEW's top four, top five talents right now. Biggest draws. WWE's? No, AEW. Who's their biggest, like right now, who do you think their AEW's biggest draws are right now? Swerve? MJF? Yep. I'm going to put MJF in that because he's, his, sure. his absence is sorely. Samoa Joe sure. right now. Um, I'd say going into Revolution Sting. Young All right, Bucks, well, let's, I mean. Yeah, let's not, let's not go into Revolution. I would agree with two. Um, the other one would probably be... Orange Cassidy? I mean, Maybe you got Mox, you got Danielson. Yeah. These are all guys yeah. that have already had a pre-established foundation from the big leagues, WWE. You named MJF. They put a lot of resources and a lot of time into MJF. I give my, I tip my cap to Tony on that one. The other one was Swerve. Swerve had a decent following in WWE, was but never got to where he got with AEW. I tip my cap to Tony there as well. But there is a lot of talent on this AEW roster that just comes over because they're the best wrestlers in said promotion. I don't give a shit. I know who Will Ospreay is. If he doesn't have meaningful programs in AEW, he's going to fall by the wayside too. The only thing that AEW, a lot of people are like, what about um, Mercedes Monet? Mercedes Monet has so much equity and so much of a name value. It's like CM Punk and Cody Rhodes. They are not. That's, yeah, that, not that's, a, that's an unfair, that's an unfair uh, usage not, of, of Mercedes there. It's not going to fail. Mercedes yeah. is not going to fail. Will it reach the heights that it did in WWE? I guess we'll have to wait and see. But again, AEW needs to understand, and I think they're starting to. You need to tell me why and who these guys are because and girls are. Because if you don't, nobody will. And a lot of people are like, oh, WWE casuals don't watch AEW. Bullshit. By all definitions, I'm a casual fan. I watch weekly. Um, I watch it at my leisure, and I do a review show with JD. But I am not making, you know, I'm not scheduling blocks of my time to watch professional wrestling every week. And I know, and I watch AEW, and I know who these people are because AEW has put them on the television screen. But I had no idea who Eddie Kingston was. 
AEW did a real good job of making me understand. I know, I know, I know, I knew of him and who he was. Like I didn't, I didn't know his whole backstory. But when he right. showed up on television, I'm like, oh, that's Eddie Kingston. I saw him on NWA. But but he told his own story, and then we fell in love with who Eddie Kingston was here, not because of what he did somewhere else. Right. I had no idea who LA Knight was until Man. he showed up on WWE television. I mean, I knew he was with NWA, and I saw him once or twice on Power. We, we but know, I had no we, idea. we knew of Eli Drake. We knew of right. his of his past persona. But right. what matters now? Yeah. I, I knew all the buzz with, with Prince uh, DeVitt, um, and I knew all the buzz with AJ Styles, but realistically, I, I'd seen AJ early on in his career in Ring of Honor when I was attending shows as a high school student in 06, 07, um, or those are my college days. So, you know, um, I... But WWE did a really good job of letting me know that AJ Styles was a primetime player. Same thing goes with, with Finn Balor. They yeah. made me know that he was a primetime player. I didn't know who Kevin Steen was. No idea who Kevin Steen was. None. I don't care if you guys sit in the chat and blast me. I had no idea who Kevin Steen was, but I invested in Kevin Owens because yeah. WWE made me invest in Kevin Owens. And they took different things from the presentation of Styles and Balor and Kevin Steen returning into Kevin Owens. I, I knew who El Generico was, but El Generico is not Sami Zayn. Like, you guys, uh, the AW writers and stuff like that, video packages are key. Make me want to invest in your talent because if I can make a connection then I'll spend my money. You can't, you cannot expect people to just fucking go Google it. No, I'm not fucking Googling anything. Someone in the chat said that this is the perfect example because he's one of my most favorite villains in any TV series ever. Jedi Joker 93 says, before we got Negan in season seven of The Walking Dead, there was a whole season buildup of who this guy was. Why is that so difficult to fucking grasp for AEW? Why? Yeah. Tell me. I mean, I mean look it's at, your look at which, job to tell me, not my job uh, to go and fucking search for it. Yeah, I think AEW needs to continue to adapt the big fight feel and do away with, well, this guy and this girl is the best technical wrestler in the world and best versus the best. No, no, no. I don't care. I don't tell me a story. I love me some Britt Baker. Does Britt put on five-star classics? No, she doesn't, but she makes you invest in her matches, and that's why she's a star. That's why she's a star, in my opinion. A lot of people dog on her. Britt's a star. MJF, he puts on really good matches, but, man, he sells you into getting into that building. Swerve, Joe, even Hook. You got to tell me. I had no idea who Takeshna was. You guys made me, AW made me understand who he was. Same thing with Eddie Kingston. But a lot of guys and girls are dropping the ball with. And you only get one chance to make a good first impression and to hook me. No pun intended. Do a better job of doing that. Ridiculous. I mean, I, I uh, spot on by uh, Mr. Jackson there with uh, Chris Van Vliet, who's killing it. So shout yeah. out to Chris. Shout out to uh, O'Shea Jackson Jr., uh, I personally agree with what he said there. And if uh, you're one of those people that constantly put down others for not knowing fucking this obscure, irrelevant nobody that AEW wants to bring in every other week, you know, who the fuck are you, man? It's pro wrestling. We enjoy pro wrestling. We don't need to know everything about it. We're not we're not, not fans because we don't know who fucking uh, some guy from Japan I can't pronounce. Give me a break, bro. Right. Well, that's the biggest thing here, too, is that I see a lot of people being like, how do you call yourself a wrestling journalist? Or, uh, first of all, I'm not. Second of all, they're like, how do you how do you do this for a living? First of all, I don't. Um, or second of all, I don't. Or, you know, how, how do you consider yourself an expert when you don't know who this guy is in AAA? It's like, are you for real? Just because <laughs> I don't know every wrestler doesn't make me... Um, an incompetent idiot who I 
Here's a perfect example. But they're Do telling I watch stories, Drew, about Triple A on or CMLL on Dynamite. Who the fuck are they? Have they told well, anybody who these guys are? I don't watch the Canadian Football League. I don't watch minor league baseball. I don't watch minor league hockey. And I don't watch, uh, you know, uh, the, the the Vegas stuff for the NBA when they the summer league. I don't watch this shit. Okay, when they get to the big time, when they're on the major stage, then I'll watch. Okay, so I'm not like sitting here scouting talent. That's Triple H and everybody else's job. It's not mine. When I sit back and watch something on television, tell me why I should be watching it. That's what it is. I don't watch minor league stuff. I'm not saying New Japan Pro Wrestling is minor league. It's just not. Rev Pros, I'm not saying it's minor league. It's just not available in the States for the most part. And it's not one of the major two promotions. So I'm not watching it. Bro, you're not, you're not a fan of AEW, bro, unless you know who Hechicero is on, on AEW Collision. That's why Tony is in the position Tony's in because he's got a good eye for talent. But once, or, or is so, a fucking Mark, one or the other, man. But Tony Tony knows who works and who doesn't work. That's Tony great. A good, he's a fucking wrestling promoter. He should know who the fuck everybody is. Right, but what I'm saying is, is like now it's time to, okay, they got this diamond in the rough with some of these talents. Now it's time to mold them into that diamond and make people be like, holy shit. This is why AEW is different from WWE because they go out and get the guys and the girls that WWE is not looking at and look at the promotion and the package they put together for this person or that person, and now he or she is a big star. And they're just like, hey, this guy and girl could really wrestle their ass off, and let's have Excalibur list off their accomplishments here while they're walking to the ring. That doesn't work. I don't care. I don't care that he's a CMLL 1925,000 champion. I don't give a oh, shit. But, but, you're not a fan unless you know who Star Jr. is, man. I don't know who that is. Who the fuck is? I know Star Man on pro wrestling for the original Nintendo system. Is that who it is? <laughs> it was my favorite. I preferred the Amazon, though, over Star Man. Come, uh, come on, man. Holy shit, you guys yeah. are fucking. You, and they call us virgins. Holy shit. You guys are fucking pathetic, man. My God. Hetchisera, you guys are wondering who Hetchisera, I'm wondering where the fuck Miro is on television. Can we get that? I know who he is. I mean, I know who Cal Hero is. There you go. Holy I mean, shit, man. You that's guys, about it for me. You guys are fucking crazy, man. O'Shea Jackson, Chris VanVleet, go watch it. I, uh, I urge you guys to go watch anything that Chris does. Does a fantastic job. Uh, moving on from uh, the AEW elitist, we'll keep it with the AEW stuff. Um, Darby Allen. Uh, Drew, he mentioned Cody Rhodes in a promo. Can I, can I interject here for one second? Sure. Somebody said something about they wasted Brian Pillman Jr. Yeah, I could tell you right now that WWE is going to make Brian Pillman Jr. Lexus King, that NXT champion, within the next four months. So buckle up. Yes, WWE is going to turn him into a star. Easily. No, they're making him NXT champion. I could see it. Watch. It's happening. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, yeah. but, w, but AEW doesn't. I mean, they don't have an eye for talent like that. They don't no, really give a shit. No, you're I'm not I'm not gonna Not in that wrong. way, bro. They don't they don't like WWE just they, they put them through the fucking manufacturing system, bro. They come up yes. with a gimmick, they send them to promo class, they churn out a character, they put them on TV, they mold it on television. AEW doesn't do that. Tony has a fantastic eye for talent and people who could work. The problem is is he doesn't put the machine and the promotion behind said talent no. like WWE does. And if Tony could fix that, holy shit, AEW would be real. I'm talking about real, real competition with WWE where they're drawing millions and selling out, um, you know, buildings for their television shows and stuff like that. Tony has a fantastic eye for talent. He just, it seems like they start and stop a ton. Yeah. 
Uh, Dynamite, we saw Darby Allen mention Cody Rhodes in a promo. Uh, if there's one thing that Tony Khan does right, it's promote, it's promote the other promotion. Uh, even though Cody Rhodes was an EVP, we all knew that Cody Rhodes was an EVP. No reason to uh, bring up, you know, the one half of the WrestleMania 40 main event on night two. But I, I get where Darby was going with this promo against the Young Bucks. The match was already made between Sting, Darby, and the Young Bucks for Revolution. But he comes out and says that he was homeless when AEW first started, and I begged you guys for a job, but you saw nothing in me. Yet, I had to sit by and watch all your shit friends get hired, your little California crew. Thank God, at the time, there was an EVP here with a sense of brains, and I'm not talking about Kenny Omega. So, Darby was interviewed by Digital Spy, and he said this in regards to this promo. Well, that's easy because he's the reason I'm in AEW, meaning Cody. You think back to my debut, I wrestled him at Fighter Fest and we went 20 minutes, Broadway draw. For him to take a chance on me that early, I was relatively super unknown still. I was never really the guy on the independent scene. He did that. You got to give respect where respect is due. I feel strongly on paying homage to how I got here because I never thought I was going to get here. I I begged people for jobs. I wasn't part of the little California crew. I had to sit by and watch all these press conferences And of all these people that had no business being on national television, get on national television. Meanwhile, I knew exactly what I was capable of doing if I was given the opportunity. Fast forward all these years later, and now look at me. So that's what he said, Drew, in regards to why he mentioned Cody Rhodes. But I will ask you this. I don't feel it was necessary. The match was already made. We already talked about how great the visual was of the bloodstained white suits. Was Darby's promo effective and was mentioning... Cody indirectly necessary to sell this match at Revolution. Oh, no. The mentioning Cody indirectly was not necessary to sell this match at all. No, in no way, shape, or form. But what it is doing is it's throwing uh, an extra wrinkle, another element into the Young Bucks characters here. And what that is is these evil, maniacal EVPs. And they're basically... Uh, throwing their their weight around, flying on private jets, limousines, all that other stuff. So for Darby to mention this type of stuff, it makes sense promo wise. But they did he did not need to mention the fact that another EVP took a chance on him. He could have just said, you know, you were bringing all your California boys in, and it was very much a a brotherhood, and I was the outsider that you guys didn't want to bring in, and I've proven you all wrong. That's it. Done. That's all you needed. You don't need to mention Cody Rhodes. And he didn't by name. But I mean, when you don't mention, you say it's not Kenny. Everyone started chanting Cody. That's a miss for me. Darby obviously will learn from that. Um, Or maybe they don't care. But for me, again, uh, the Cody mentioning, you know, by de facto was a miss. You don't need to do that to sell this match. This match is already sold. 16,000 people are going to Revolution to see Sting's last match um, and and the undercard under it. As well, but let's call a spade a spade here. You know, Darby, all he needed to say was, you guys didn't, you overlooked me. That's it. You guys didn't want me, and I made you want me. That's all you needed. Yeah, the angle up until that point was fantastic. I mean, they left Sting and Darby himself bloody. They beat the shit out of Sting's sons. I mean, what else do you fucking need here? I mean, that's it. You sold me. You sold me just on that. Uh, But the Young Bucks, Why didn't Darby mention Sting's kids? I don't know. I, I don't know. None of that was brought up. Like... You would think that beating up Sting's sons who were sitting front row would be a big fucking deal in this in this storyline. Nothing. Yeah, and you want to know what's very funny is I know that, you know, they've kind of backtracked off Rick, but Rick would be perfect to get in the Young Bucks' face and kind of be like, hey, you guys are really throwing your weight around here, abusing your power. You should be ashamed of yourself to have Sting's back, and Rick's nowhere to be found. 
Yeah, no. Kevin Nash is not going to be found either. You read that story that I, Kevin I did. Kevin Nash was actually asked by Sting to be there for his retirement. Kevin Nash said, I can't. WWE's not going to give me the clearance to go there, and I'm not allowed to. That's fucking ridiculous. Well, I don't I don't think that's necessarily true. I think if Kevin called Triple H and said, Hey, yeah. I think they would do it. I, I think that that old guard is done, truthfully. Yeah. I mean, if it was Vince, yeah, maybe not, but that old guard is done. I mean, I shit. If Taker wanted to show up to Sting's last match, I think they give him the green light. I mean, they they uh, let Nakamura go wrestle Great Muda. Why not? They had you Taker know? at at Conrad Thompson's thing in the front row. Ridiculous. I don't. Know. I mean, and I see maybe, somebody maybe he's just being a good friend. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't want to ruffle maybe. any feathers there. I don't know. Maybe I see somebody being like, it's like it's like Maxwell Friedman uh, mentioning WWE on every promo. Well, the whole story there was Max was going to take his talents yes. to WWE, which is never going to happen. There is no reason. For Darby to mention one of WWE's biggest and brightest stars right now who's main eventing WrestleMania because there's no intention for Darby to go to WWE. Yeah. Uh, Young Bucks beat Top Flight. They uh, claim that they were number one contenders just based off that. So it looks like uh, the ranking system is uh, already uh, treading thin ice there. Um, Didn't I tell you that was a waste of time? Well, well, I well, wanted it so fucking, bad. Fucking ridiculous. I mean, they're fucking things up already. Uh, what is it, three weeks now? <laughs> I, I gave it six Dude, months. Three fucking weeks. <laughs> It's professional wrestling. It's fixed entertainment. Like the whole, like we need to treat this real and is ridiculous. Like wrestling is real, but it, like wins and losses are, are going to be a part of the, uh, of obviously storylines, but it's not the end all be all. No. Kanosuke Takeshita versus Will Ospreay was announced for revolution. Could be absolute match of the year. Number one, I'm looking forward to it. I don't give a fuck what, what anybody says that interests me just based off what we've seen of these two guys. Uh, the story drew is that, uh, Don Callis says that Konosuke Takeshi doesn't have anybody else to beat, so he's going to promote uh, in-family fighting here, and he wants Konosuke to have the best competition possible with Will Ospreay. I said on Wednesday when I was live with Jesse that this is probably going to wake up Will Ospreay to what Don Callis is about, and he's probably going to move on on his own and not be affiliated with the Don Callis family, but... Uh, that's their way of selling this match to us. I mean, it doesn't really make much sense. It's stupid, but the match itself, I mean, it's going to be a fucking classic. Well, and that's the thing. It's familiar for Will. Yeah. It's a good way to introduce, reintroduce Will back to AEW. Will will probably get a victory. It doesn't hurt to Keshna. And at the end of the day, like, it's familiar. Those guys, have, I believe they've worked together. And, it, it, you know, Will's back in the family for now. So it makes a lot of sense. I mean, people look, oh, AEW. This is going to be a great match, number one. Number two, it's familiarity, which is key when you're trying to get somebody's feet wet back into AEW. And that's American-based wrestling now, not what, you know, Will's been doing for the past, what, seven to eight years. Um, and it's a great match for this this show. The main event is going to be Sting and Darby versus the Bucks. And I'm going to tell you right now, that's not going to be a five-star classic, but it'll have a lot of good moments and heat and all this other stuff, which a wrestling match needs. But you got two matches on this card already. The triple threat and the Takeshna Osprey match is going to be fantastic. Yeah. Uh, we got Christian Cage. The TNT title dilemma is either Daniel Garcia or Adam Copeland. Adam Copeland wrestled Danny Garcia on Wednesday. It went to a no contest. I thought it was a DQ victory for Adam Copeland. Uh, that was not the case. Apparently, uh, the patriarchy came in. Nick Wayne attacked uh, Danny Garcia and Adam Copeland, and they called the match uh, a no contest. Drew, are we looking at a triple threat here? I, I don't think that necessarily works in my personal opinion because we already have a triple threat for the world title. I think uh, diluting the show with another triple threat match for a major championship is just a little ridiculous to me. 
But do we get Danny Garcia versus Christian Cage and then Copeland at double or nothing? Or do we get Copeland Christian now and then do Copeland versus Danny Garcia because he had his opportunity taken away from him on Wednesday? Which which road are we going? You know, I don't... That's a good question. Um, I could maybe see... I think another singles match between Copeland and Christian should be saved because, again, Revolution... The three big matches, truthfully, have already been set, and I don't know where Copeland and Christian... I mean, don't get me wrong. It would be a great match if they have it, but I would maybe save it for something when Sting's not involved. All the focus yeah. is going to be on Sting's final match. Even the World Heavyweight Championship match here for AEW is taking a back seat to that retirement match because now it's got the tag team titles attached to it. So, realistically, Joe should retain yes. at Revolution because if you're going to crown somebody, now's not the time. And I think Copeland and Christian should... either They could do a tag. Maybe it's uh, Copeland and Danny Garcia taking on Christian and Killswitch. Fine. That works for me or Nick Wayne or whatever. But realistically, like, no, I don't have another Copeland Christian match right now. No, I get yeah. lost in the shuffle. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. And it's the same reason why Samoa Joe defending that title against Swerve and Hangman is not going to be in the main event and, and why we're not going to get a new world champion crown. No. Uh, first of all, not only that, Joe should have a longer reign with the title because he's fucking great. Uh, no. And Swerve, you don't want his moment to be on a show where everybody, like Drew said, is going to be focused on Sting. Uh, Hangman's in this match to basically take the pinfall here, and he's made beating Swerve and keeping that title from Swerve more important than actually winning the title for himself. So that's the story going into that. So Swerve uh, will not win the championship. Hangman will probably be pinned by Joe or tapped out, one or the other. And then we'll probably get Swerve versus Joe at double or nothing, which I don't mind because I'm thinking long-term here. With Osprey now in the fold and all-in, Obviously, they want to break their own record. Uh, I would say Swerve versus Osprey for the World Championship in the main event of All In is uh, probably the direction I would uh, cast my vote on. You're forgetting one major thing, and Tony's very good at this. Well, MJF and Swerve had a little bit of a conversation before uh, yeah. World's End, huh? Yeah. Swerve winning that World Championship. MJF returns. I never, I never got my rematch, and now you're the man around here. Get my rematch. All right. Before before we talk about that, you are correct. Uh, before we talk about that, uh, we have to get MJF and Adam Cole in the ring, which I think that takes place at that show, and then we move on to MJF or Swerve. I think Cole and MJF take place at Double or Nothing. You think he'll be back by that time? I, I do believe so. I mean, I don't know, Max, what he's doing right now. I know he's on Long Island or in New York City hanging out, rehabbing, but I, I would assume, and you know what happens when you assume, but I would assume that Max is doing his damnedest to get back by double or nothing. I don't think Max wants to miss another pay-per-view. There's one thing that you can bet your bottom dollar on, and that's a line from Annie for Max, is that Max does not want to miss any more time with AEW because he knows when his face is on that television screen, it's money. Well, does so. AEW want have, want to have any more time missed without MJF on their television? No. The answer is no. No. That's a big asset, and that's yeah. a big return for AEW, too. The Undisputed Kingdom really, like, stuttered out of the gate. It, well, that was my next stalled. question to you, man. Holy shit, are they fucking on uh, life support now? Well, they stalled, and then Taven showed y'all while Matt was, you know, one of the main eventers in yeah. the independent scene and Ring of Honor and all that other stuff for a very long time. And they're slowly starting to build the Undisputed Kingdom as this dominant faction. 
And when Cole comes back, man, that's going to be the cherry on top of that Sunday. And I put a tweet out, not the whole Sunday. Because realistically, none of those guys were doing jack shit. And there was all kind of like, all right, well, Adam's our leader. So we'll just, you know, the focal point is Adam. And we're going to wait for Adam to get here. Nah, Tony, build these guys up. Let them run roughshod over the entire company or show. Dynamite, fine. I love it. Leave it. Let them be dominant. Because when Cole comes back, that's going to be something where people are like, oh, shit, now Undisputed Kingdom is here. Let the whole train start going and let Adam Cole throw some more steam on that engine. Trust me, it's the way to be because those boys have nothing going for them if they just wait for Adam Cole to return. Nothing. Might be too nothing. little too late, in my opinion, but uh, hopefully they pick it up. But Revolution is looking like a banger show for Tony Khan. It's going to be a great show. Uh, and no that's the one... The, I'm sorry, the Undisputed Kingdom, Roderick Strong winning that yes. championship from Arch Cassidy could be the one thing that does not go unnoticed at Revolution. That needs to happen 100%. Should be a great show. Looking very much forward to it. And uh, hopefully uh, they play it out the rest of the weeks here, leading into that with some solid story. Uh, moving over to WWE and Raw. We got Raw yesterday. Cody Rhodes took a pinfall loss to Drew McIntyre. And it actually was a uh, history-making moment for Drew McIntyre because, Drew, according to Tony Khan's favorite website, cagematch.net, McIntyre handed Rhodes his first television singles loss since Rhodes was Stardust, who lost to Zack Ryder on, in May of 2016 on an episode of Superstars. Rhodes has only lost to Reigns and Brock Lesnar in a TV or PLE singles match since returning to WWE at WrestleMania 38 in 2022. A lot of people were like, uh, well, Cody can't lose. I, I don't think they saw the uh, Samoan spike to the throat last night. So the, way that, they, very, the, the right. way that they protected him was perfect. Which is very reminiscent of what happened at WrestleMania yep. 39, exact same finish. So mm -hmm. I thought it was very well done. Uh, it helps you know, blend the story together. It advances storyline. And at the end of the day, the only thing, well, I shouldn't say the only thing, the, one of the major things that helps build professional wrestling and intrigue is everything else is the stories and the storylines that go into it. And this is helping that. So Drew getting a victory over Cody, nothing happens to Cody. Nothing happens to Drew besides WWE showing Drew, hey, we'll give you some wins here. Albeit might be, you know, by hook or crook, but you know, the bloodline just screwed Cody. You're the first guy to beat Cody, and Drew can go out and, and tout that. Drew McIntyre, Roman Reigns, and Brock Lesnar. Those are the only three guys that have beaten Cody since his return. I have no problem with that. Rock said on Friday that Cody Rhodes is going to be a loser at WrestleMania, and they already got that train rolling. He took a loss on, yeah. uh, on Monday, so it plays into what The Rock just said on Friday, which a lot of people don't really correlate. So, And you uh, had a, right, a lot of people being like, why the hell the bloodline getting involved in Cody's story? Are they you said it on real? Friday. But I, I mean, I know really, but are you guys for real? Why isn't it Rock and Roman? I, hello? What? <laughs> you send the henchmen. Yeah. And people yeah. are like, oh, well, they telegraphed the fight, the 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 ending to J uh, Jay and Gunther. No, they didn't. Just because Jimmy was in the building, you didn't know Jimmy was screwing his brother. Adam Pierce said he kicked him out of the building, middle of the show. Right. Right. So, speaking of that, Jay Uso versus Gunther was the main event for the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, there was a report from WrestleVotes who was very reputable, and they put out something right after Raw ended where they said internal Raw show rundown had Jey Uso beating Gunther for the Intercontinental title. He said this, Hearing an interesting story, we hope to follow up more tomorrow. 
Source states that there were multiple people within the company under the impression that Jey Uso was winning the IC title tonight on Raw. I'm told that as late as 6 p.m. was the direction on various show rundowns with creative and digital departments, end quote. Now, I said this last night, Drew. I I don't think that was ever the plan. Not to say that he's wrong. He's probably 100% correct. But I do think that the rundown was a way to sway people from what the ending of the show was really going to be because really nobody even knew when WWE was going to begin Jimmy versus Jey Uso, and that's what they wanted to really kind of pop the people last night. Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm not, I, you know, I'm not going to say that WrestleVotes has bad information here. His information is always solid, but I don't ever believe that the plan was to have Jimmy or Jay fight for the Intercontinental Championship at WrestleMania. No. And I also don't think that, now, albeit, I could see um, that Jay would win that Intercontinental Championship at some point, but um, I, I just not I didn't against see that Right, I, I just didn't see it last night. Their feud doesn't need it. The brother versus brother stuff, it doesn't need the Intercontinental Championship attached. Could it be sure? It's just kind of like an, an added thing. Um, but I'm sure it was discussed, and I'm sure for some rundowns, it was maybe put on to uh, divert your attention. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe- Gun- Gun- Gunther, guys, you know, a lot of people were coming at me last night. Well, why not Jay Uso? I'm like, well, first of all, I, I love Jay Uso. Drew loves Jay Uso. I think, I think he's great. But the thing is, uh, why would you have Gunther drop the Intercontinental Championship this close to WrestleMania on a random Raw in Anaheim, California? Like, don't you don't you think that title and Gunther deserves, or whoever beats him deserves a bigger moment? I don't know, maybe WrestleMania? I mean, yeah. come on, guys. We're not yeah, saying Gunther- that Jey Uso doesn't deserve the IC title. He absolutely does, but it's not his moment, and it's not the guy to beat Gunther. That's all. I could tell you that I believe that Gunther was supposed to drop the Intercontinental Championship either soon um, or would have already done it had Brock Lesnar not been completely erased from WWE history and was working WrestleMania. Yeah. so I mean, who knows what Brock would have done and how he would have factored in. Now we're looking at one of two guys. Brock would have screwed Gunther out of the Intercontinental Championship, just so you know. That, I believe, was the plan. Uh, Well, too bad we're not getting that because I would have loved to see those two go at it at WrestleMania, but we're not getting that right now. But now we are talking about two guys in particular with a dark horse third who's now started teasing a potential return on social media. You just Uh, wanted to say dark horse. Yeah, well, I can't wait to take it out of the garage uh, when it gets nice out. But um, I'm going to start with Chad Gable, Drew. Where do you Mm -hmm. feel Chad Gable sits in the IC title hunt? A lot of people were making a discussion today that why is everybody now pivoting, because it's everybody's favorite word, uh, to Sami Zayn, when Sami Zayn is a two-time Intercontinental Champion, why are we not changing our mind from Chad Gable to Sami Zayn? What do you think? Well, I think if Zayn can defeat Gunther and be the person who puts the nail on that Intercontinental Championship reign, which has been over 600 days, I think that is a feather in Sami's cap. But I, I would agree with some of the logic here where Sami's kind of above that championship and he should be going for more. But realistically... If it's not Roman's championship, the only one that's got more prestige right now and more value to somebody winning is good there. Absolutely. Chad Gable, listen, I don't hate it. The reason why people are pivoting away from Chad Gable in in favor of Sami Zayn is because WWE hasn't really told the story since the last match. When was it? I don't even remember. Last year, some point before the Royal Rumble, Uh, November, maybe before Survivor Series, even. 
uh, they just they just put a halt to that story with Chad Gable. The, the last image we saw was Gable's daughter crying front row when Gunther beat him on main uh, on Monday Night Raw in the main event for that title. They haven't really said anything since then. Gable's made some uh, references to the titles. He alluded that he still wants to end it, but has WWE done the feud and, and the match justice? They haven't even mentioned it. No, I mean, Drew McIntyre came back at Money in the Bank and challenged Gunther and wanted that Intercontinental Championship. That didn't work. Gable did the same thing, didn't come back, but challenged Gunther a bunch of times, and they had a really good program and didn't work. They could easily revisit both of those. I mean, I think Sami Zayn really should be looked at as like your potential Mick Foley candidate to have a breakout year at the end, middle of this year to the, to the beginning of 2025 where he's either fighting or winning the World Heavyweight Championship. But they're building that story up. If Sami Zayn is the one to beat Gunther, you will not get one single iota of a complaint out of me. I no, think me either. he's the right guy for it. If, if it is him, that's where I think they're going. But if it's Chad Gable as well, I'm not going to have a problem. But if that's the case, you're going to need to take Chad Gable a little bit more seriously and, and book him in a way which you did book Gunther for that title. You can also have... I mean, you could have a ladder match at WrestleMania where Gunther puts his Intercontinental Championship on the line in a ladder match, and it's, you know, four or five different guys in it. That could work, too. You don't have to do the money in the bank, but you could do the Intercontinental title. You could and do that. Gunther could, Gunther could lose, and technically, you know, it's not. He didn't get pinned. Somebody climbed a ladder, so his shoulders have never been pinned to the mat. In how many days they could use that. They could have Gunther win the money in the bank and challenge for the bash at Berlin, like you said, for the World Heavyweight Championship. I just think, for me... I don't hate Gunther's reign as Intercontinental Championship. It's been fantastic. But I am ready to see him take it to the next level at this point. So that is uh, the WWE side of things as far as uh, creative. We're going to get into a couple other stories here and then get into your Super Chats. Uh, I do want to mention this because it was a major news topic coming out of the week last week. We had a friend of Ashley Massaro who was on News Nation's uh, Banfield this week, Cara Pippia. She is uh, a childhood friend of, of Ashley Massaro, backed up Massaro's claims of a WWE cover-up regarding her 2016 incident while on a military base in Kuwait. As part of the lawsuit against WWE over its handling of concussions, Massaro gave a sworn affidavit in 2017 alleging that she was drugged and raped by somebody posing as a military doctor in Kuwait during their tour in 2006. Massaro stated that Vince apologized for what she went through, but he urged her to not disclose the incident because it would ruin WWE's relationship with the military. Massaro said she was called into a meeting with WWE execs and told uh, that it was in WWE's best interest that the information of her attack was not made public. So Pipia stated on Banfield that when Massaro returned home from Kuwait, Massaro spent about eight hours crying and telling her what happened. She spoke to Vince McMahon many times. Vince had his daughter Stephanie take place or take his place because she was female a woman to make Ashley more comfortable. And they just played with her, says Pipia. Uh, they play with her because everything that Stephanie had made her feel comfortable and safe about, as soon as they walked into this boardroom meeting, Ashley was on her own completely. Uh, Pipia said that um, the incident in Kuwait contributed to Ashley uh, and her suicide. Uh, 99%, she said, in response to in response to uh, if what happened over there contributed to her death, and she said yes, 99%. Uh, so despite that, a lawyer for former WWE executive John Laurinaitis recently told Vice News that upper WWE management was aware of the allegation. Laurinaitis claims that proper protocols were followed and there is no cover-up. Fuck Laurinaitis, he's lying. 
McMahon, Laurinaitis, and WWE are named as defendants in a lawsuit filed by Janelle Grant, as you guys know. Now, um, Fightful Select had a note this week, and Sean Ross Sapp reported that they had been in contact with Massaro back in 2019, March, to set up an interview in Las Vegas that May at StarCast number 2. Massaro was hoping to talk about her plans to resume in-ring training, and she said that she was weighing whether or not to open up about her claims that she was raped while on a WWE tribute to the Troops Tour. Fortunately, Massaro passed away prior to StarCast. Now, based on the talent that Fightful spoke to, they're not briefed or they have not been briefed or told they can't speak about the nature of the lawsuit in interviews or appearances, and several have been asked about it. While we've heard so far that no other companies are actively participating in the investigations, we've heard that talent from several other U.S.-based companies have been given the green light to speak about issues or participate in the investigations if they feel comfortable doing so. So that is the latest there from uh, the uh, Vince McMahon front. Uh, this is the first time that Stephanie McMahon has been brought into the discussion here, Drew. It's only going to get worse from this point on. Yeah, I don't um, I don't know whether Stephanie, you know, um, knows more about what was going on with Vince and allegations and stuff like that um, besides this. Uh, you know, and I, we will obviously, and unfortunately we'll never get both sides of the story because Ashley's no longer with us. Um, I think what happened is terrible. I feel for Ashley and her family and the fact that this needs to be, you know, brought up and all this other stuff, but it just seems like more and more people are coming out about Vince and how he handled things backstage and how things were portrayed. Paul Roma just did an interview and said like, he has stories that he could tell that are more shocking. Yeah. The, then the Janelle Grant stuff, and that's like hard to fathom. Like I'm scratching my head because it's just like it's hard to like fathom. It's hard to talk about because if that's the case, that's worse than what Janelle Grant put in her lawsuit in those documents. Really I crazy I don't, to think about. I don't, I don't even want to. Yeah, right. I don't want to think about it. Yeah, so yeah, it's the first time Stephanie uh, was brought into this in, into this discussion. Obviously, Stephanie's not there anymore. Uh, there was uh, more than one occasion where Ashley did ask Stephanie to get proper training because when she got there, she won a diva contest, a diva search that was uh, overseen mm -hmm. by John Laurinaitis. They threw her into in-ring action. She was not trained at all. Uh, she wanted to get proper training. Stephanie told her no. She was racking up injuries left and right. She started training on her own. The company found out she started taking training and told her to stop. So Stephanie can't really answer any of these questions, like I said, because she doesn't work there anymore. You know? Well, and also, you know, I will say that I did watch the interview and Ashley's friend did say that Ashley was hooked on Soma's, which is not, you know, not uncommon in the yeah. wrestling business. So, I mean, you know, um, it's just an unfortunate batch of things where Ashley was already, you know, and again, her friends were Ashley was already kind of quote unquote numb. And then that stuff happened in Kuwait, I believe it was. Yes. Was it Kuwait or Afghanistan. Yes, Kuwait, yeah. yeah. And that's just, you know. It's just, it's horrible to think about. And I feel for Ashley and her family. So Yeah, uh, we'll uh, we'll keep uh, an eye on this stuff, guys. It's going to get, uh, to me, a lot worse. And uh, I'm expecting some sort of news uh, after WrestleMania in regards to this. The next uh, big step forward here with Janelle Grant, John Laurinaitis, and Vince McMahon. So obviously, we'll keep you guys updated on that. Uh, moving on to uh, something that I think is a pretty big deal on both the WWE and UFC fronts. WWE and UFC announced a live event deal with Akvibe, Honda Center in Anaheim. Now, the company announced this week it signed a deal with Akvibe to bring at least three UFC and three WWE events to Anaheim's Honda Center 
through 2028. Hawk 5 is a planned 95-acre entertainment district surrounding the Honda Center that will feature a new concert hall, nightlife, dining, hotels, apartments, and more. The city has committed $4 billion to its developments. So the announcement comes uh, as of past Saturday from UFC 298. We go into Monday Night Raw, Drew, where they sold out 11,000 seats for the Honda Center for Monday Night Raw. And they say here, and I quote, hosting UFC and WWE at the iconic Honda Center allows us to bring some of the most electric live experiences to the residents of Orange County. Uh, this was Bill Fultz, CEO of OcVibe. The infectious excitement of these events will only become more powerful as we reimagine the downtown experience for Orange County at OcVibe, creating a magnetic destination for entertainment, sports, and culture. Now, we saw last night that a UFC fighter, uh, Chandler, uh, called out Conor McGregor, bro. And I said, well, we expected the crossover in other ways, but... I said last night, with that and what we got on Monday Night Raw, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Conor McGregor at fucking WrestleMania. Could be. Maybe he answers the uh, he answers the bell, no pun intended, yeah. uh, and says, okay, yeah, let's do this at Mania. I mean, I don't know. I, it's, it's a smart promotional tactic by both companies. I fully expect more crossover to happen. I expect WWE stuff to be happening at UFC, even though it's, you know, predetermined and planned. I could see, you know, feuds continuing at a UFC event where somebody walks somebody out, you know, and one is, you know, Seth Rollins, I'll give you an example, is in Conor McGregor's corner, and um, I don't know, CM Punk is in, you know, somebody else's corner, that type of stuff. Or they're both sitting ringside, and, you know, they shove people, security pulls them apart, and they go backstage and have a nice beverage afterwards. In Punk's case, it would be a nice Pepsi. So, you know, that type of stuff I think is going to happen. There's going to be more WWE appearances on UFC and more UFC appearances on WWE. Will it be weekly? No. No. Uh, speaking to CM Punk, he gave a time frame on his recovery. He says, and I quote, well, I'm a clumsy idiot. I tore my left tricep about two years ago, so the right one was jealous. So it's not the same injury. Uh, it was the other one. I'm like, oh, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm like an old car. I'm like a '72 Nova. You know what I mean? We have to, you know, change some parts every now and again. So once we fix up all the parts, the engine is still strong. We're still good to go. We're thinking maybe six to eight months, but I'm not really in a rush to get back to compete. I'm in a rush to get healthy. I'm in a rush to get better. And the sooner I do that, the better. I'll be back when I come back. Uh, he'll be involved. He's going to be involved, like you said. He's going to be doing. Um, Maybe some pre-shows, maybe some uh, stints on commentary, and uh, his presence will still be felt. But I'm eyeing SummerSlam. I think that's probably the time frame they want him back. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I think they're not. I, I there's no reason to rush Punk for anything else like that. Like you know, have him get healthy and then have that big SummerSlam match, or you know, have him return at Money in the Bank at the end of the show or something and stare down somebody. I I I agree with you there. You don't need to rush him at all. And I take your time with Punk. Take yeah. your time. And finally, guys, uh, something coming out of the Peacock uh, camp. Peacock and Paramount Plus might be the next streaming service to merge. According to a February 16 Wall Street Journal report citing people familiar with the situation, Paramount, Global, and Comcast have been in talks to discuss streaming options, including the possibility of combining their respective services. A possible combination of these services could look a bit like Sky Showtime, a streaming service that includes services like Peacock, Showtime, Paramount Plus, and Nickelodeon, and is currently offered in 22 markets in Europe. A joint Paramount Plus Peacock streaming app could significantly save costs for the companies and give customers more to choose from, especially relating to live sports, 
according to the report. You know what also that means, Drew? That if we're going to get a little fucking price increase, man, and our little uh, whatever, $9.99 is going to be fucking $17.99. I mean, you know what this means for me? You know what this signals? That another another, that- another, another write-off? Well, no, but I, yeah, well, yeah. But I mean, another signal that went off in my head is this shows you that when Peacock's deal is up, NBCU's deal is up with WWE yes. and the, um, you know, uh, licensing, the borrowing, basically, of the WWE library and having the PLEs exclusive there is headed to Netflix, Disney, ESPN, Hulu, that whole streaming package, that whole bundle that's going to happen, the conglomerate that's happening there. Because Paramount and Peacock, that's great. But realistically, WWE is already in bed with Netflix. ESPN is already in bed with the UFC, and it just makes more sense for me to see the WWE PLEs go over that way. Absolutely. That's uh, that's why uh, that's why you're here. Nobody made that uh, that correlation there. Yep. There you go. So, guys, that's all we got as far as the news. Uh, unless Drew has something else that we have not really touched upon, we'll get into the Super Chats. If you got anything, man, what do you got? I got two things for you real quick. Yep. One, what is the biggest disappointing? I'm not a... I, I, I've played video games before, obviously. I'm not a mutant. Um, but I haven't played a wrestling video game in a long time. But I see the ratings are out. Yep. I saw Gunther was a 90. What is the biggest disappointment for you in terms of like a wrestler rating, I would say, besides Gunther? Uh, I don't know. I figured, uh, I, I thought uh, Johnny Gargano was more than a 74. Um, Cody Rhodes was like Aren't a you, 93, I think. Uh, I think Cody should have been a like 90? a 95. Gunther should easily be a 95. Easy. Yeah, I agree. What is, so, so give me, what is Seth? I don't, I don't know. Chat, what's, uh, what's Seth Rollins rating? He's got to be, he's got to be at least, he's, if Gunther's in 90, then Seth has got to be at least 91. Is Roman like 96, 97? Roman's probably the highest rate in the game, yeah. Okay, got yeah. it. I don't think they rate Everyone's anybody at 90, 99. Who's a 90? Logan Paul is higher. Logan Paul is uh, ranked the same as Gunther, yes. That's crazy. That's yeah, absolutely ridiculous. crazy. They might have been, the they, they been sipping a little, uh, a little whiskey on uh, the rating side. I don't know. Yeah. The other thing I have for you, our truth is a 67. Okay, well. Well. Yeah. Rhea's a 96. Makes sense. That's a 91. Okay, thank you guys. Appreciate it. Um, the other thing that I have for you that I thought was very interesting, and I agree, but I want your take. Kevin Nash said that the only thing WWE has done wrong in the past, you know, 10 to 15 years was beating the Undertaker streak because you used to get a 10 minute video package on how important that was and how big that match was. And there's always something that you could do. Do you agree? Wait, what, what did he say? Who was it? Who was he in reference to? The Undertaker. How yep. it was a big mistake to end his streak. Oh, because... absolutely. Right. Okay. Yeah, I, that, that's the one thing that I wish I could take back as far as a wrestling fan is concerned. I, I, don't, I would have never beaten the Undertaker's streak at WrestleMania 30, ever. The only one that I thought would, would have even come close to ending the streak, if the streak was to end, it should have ended at 25 with Shawn Michaels. So the only, I, and I agree, I think the streak ending was something WWE, you know, hindsight being 2020 yeah. now, should have never done. But the reason they did do it, which I think I've explained here maybe somewhere else, is because Brock Lesnar had no steam. Yeah. They, Triple H beat him, Cena beat him, yeah. and they paid him a lot of money. So this was them trying to make good on their investment. And Taker was always willing to do business for Vince and do right by WWE. But realistically, like, I agree. The streak should have never been broken. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to use my tinfoil uh, cap on that one. I feel like with the relationship that The Undertaker and Vince had, uh, I feel like Vince convinced Taker to end the streak to Lesnar, not because Lesnar was the most legit guy to do it, but... I think that was legitimately the first WrestleMania on the WWE Network when it was a standalone app. 
I feel Correct. like I feel like Vince wanted to sell the network. Anything can happen. You got to sign up. Look at what you're missing if you're not signing up. And they used the shriek as a fucking vehicle to get that point across. It's very true, but they also invested a lot of money into Brock. And when you're not making a return on that investment, how does Vince ignite that investment back okay. up? And this did it. This yeah. did it. it did. I mean, what happened after that? Brock went on to beat Cena, I believe, at SummerSlam, right? Yeah. Was it that same year for both yeah, championships? I, so, I mean, yeah. it was, yeah, it was big. It was big business for Brock. Yeah. Well, guys, that's all we got, and uh, we are going to get into your Super Chats. We thank you very much for sticking with us through this great discussion tonight. Uh, please hit that thumbs up. We got 885 likes on the stream right now. We'd love to get that to a nice 1,000. If you guys want to get your Super Chats in, please get them on in. We're going to read them in just a second. And make sure you guys follow us on social media, at JD from NY206, at Andrew Baydala on X. And hit that subscribe button down below and turn on that bell for all notifications. Uh, Michael Krause with the $2 Super Chat. Good day, JD. And Drew, thank you for the best podcast. Thank you, Michael. Michael's always number one in the venue. Emperor Immortal Phoenix 757 with the new membership. Thank you, Emperor. Shamari Peoples with the new membership. Thank you, Shamari. Raging Girl Gamer with a 40 months. What's up, JD? Life's been a struggle as of late, but trying to stay positive. Hope all is well with you, Andrew, and the OTS family. OTS for life. Thank you, Rage. Uh, Rage, I seen your tweet earlier, uh, Drew. I don't know if you want to chime in on this. Rage is a big supporter of the podcast, and she is a streamer. She streams uh, video games on Twitch, and she likes to have a couple of drinks to kind of get loose and entertain her audience uh, before she goes live. And Nothing she wants she she wants to actually quit drinking completely, and she feels like if she's not drinking, she's boring to her audience. Do you have any uh, advice for her? Um, I don't. I, alcohol never make you who you are. No, nor will any substance. Like your your personality is your personality. Alcohol might make you feel lubricated enough to let that personality shine, but that's in you. It's just that the alcohol brings it out. So just have the confidence to bring that out all the time. I'm going to peel back the curtain here. This is water with lemon. There is no alcohol in my cup. And this is coffee. There's no boost. You catch me on a Saturday? Maybe. Yeah. But when I go live on the air, I am as sober as sober can be. And my personality is my personality. I do enjoy cocktails. I do enjoy beverages. But Rage, you are going to be entertaining whether or not you have alcohol or not. And if people don't find you entertaining, here's a a piece of advice for me or you. Fuck them. I agree, uh, Rage. Uh, you know, I'm all about the uh, cold beverages, and I ask everybody at the beginning of every stream, what the fuck are you guys drinking? Uh, I drink Liquid Death. It's sparkling water. You know, it's uh, never alcohol on this show because I respect you guys enough. You guys know. You'll, you'll see a tweet thanking you guys every week for a great week. Old-fashioned on Thursdays, usually when I drink. Uh, I'm very dedicated to my gym with my guy, Dr. Evil Genius, in the chat tonight. Um, gave up alcohol, a lot of it, uh, to really uh, go hard into the gym. But... Um, it's usually sparkling water, and I don't drink during these shows like Drew doesn't drink because I think I owe it to you guys to be on my best all the time. And if Agreed. I was drinking, if I was drinking, it's not fair to you guys because I want to be the best I could possibly be for you guys. Agreed. And like I said, Rage, all alcohol does is allow your confidence to be dialed up to 10 and your personality, who you are already in here, just kind of come out. You don't need alcohol for that. Just yeah. believe in it. Now, we, now we had a shot when Vince retired or uh, was uh, he quit. You know, he was resigning. That was a celebration shot. But other yeah. than that, I'm no. not I'm not against having beverages. But if you want to give it up, you give it up. That's a personal choice. Your yeah. fans will still be there. And if they're not, then they're not your fans. 
Um, MGM 97 with 499. Just listened to a Brickhouse Brown interview. Makes you question how The Rock and HBK got to the top. And the truth about Pat and Vince is coming soon. Um, we, I didn't hear that. I, I didn't hear that. I mean, that's just uh, wild speculation at this point. I will not comment on that, uh, MGM. But, um, yes, Vince and uh, Johnny are going to get justice soon, hopefully. Yeah, I don't... Um... I would be, it would shock me if Pat was like in direct correlation with any of this Vince stuff. Who knows? Wild Stallions with 11 months. Hope we have a great elimination chamber. The OTS family is where it's at. Enjoy all wrestling, everyone. Thank you, Stallions, for 11 months. PD Shaw, 36 months. Spending my Tuesday night with the power duo and the off the script family. Love the great debate. Thank you, PD. MGM 97 with the 199. Could we get Aleister Black NXT theme in the mix? For what? The intro? Um. No, I, I, that's probably a copyright waiting to happen. Yep. CFO money? Yeah. That's copyright. You guys got to remember, like, when we do that type of stuff, we got to get a band to either do it for us, so we got to yeah. find something that's not going to hit get copyright yeah. strikes. Yeah, the, uh, the CM Punk theme last week got us uh, zinged, and I had to mute it from the stream last week, so uh, that's not happening again, even though it's a cover song. Uh, Michelle Moran with a $2 Super Chat. Biggest pop, Sammy over Gunther or Cody over Roman? Uh, that's a tough one, man. Um, probably Cody over Come Roman. On. Cody over Roman, for yeah. sure. Luis Rodriguez with a 999. JD, what's your favorite whiskey? And my cigar lounge is available to you on WrestleMania. If you want to do the show live there, I will be showing it. Ooh. Okay. I'm Lewis. interested. Lewis. Well, uh, get us your info, Lewis. Well, uh, oh, I forgot. <clears throat> Tailgate. Sorry, finish Lewis. Yeah, Go ju- ahead. yeah. Juice Ju Springsteen's been uh, asking, man. You got to fill him in on the info. Fuck Juice, it. what's up, man? Um, so we will be doing a tailgate. It's with Tailgate Joe. I'll have all the details hammered out very shortly. We're going to have talent that appears, um, whether it's AWWE, uh, past or present or current. Once you pay to go to the tailgate, there is no fee for pictures, autographs. I don't believe in that stuff. So if you're in the tailgate, there's no hidden fees. All you could eat, all you could drink, beer, wine. There will be a liquor that's cash bar unless you buy the VIP package. But again, best bang for your buck. There'll be a lot of talent, both past, present, and future uh, stars of professional wrestling and sports entertainment at the tailgate. One flat fee. Tailgate Joe, myself, JD will be there as well, Saturday and Sunday. Myself and JD will probably do something on Sunday, though, but the tailgate is happening at Lincoln Financial Field. Yeah, we'll get you guys times because, uh, obviously, uh, everybody's going to want to get into the venue, and then I'm going to want to get home to Atlantic City and do my show, so we'll figure out times and all that stuff, but that should be a great time on uh, on Sunday, night two of WrestleMania. And we will post the link to sign up and use a code to save you some money, and that way they know that you guys are there for me and JD, yeah. and we'll, we'll get it all done. Yeah, Lewis, uh, get us your uh, your info, brother. We uh, we definitely are interested in that. And my favorite whiskey, uh, I always go to Gentleman Jack. Love Gentleman Jack. Uh, I'll tell you what. When you ever come here, we're going to the Omni. They made a hell of an old-fashioned. Man, that looked fucking great. That picture you sent me? was. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Uh, Lewis, thank you, brother. Michelle with the $2 Super Jet. Will Cody be overshadowed by Rock Roman Feud? No. Well, I will I, tell I, you. I mean, I mean anybody's going to be overshadowed by Rock, but I don't think so. If Rock helps Cody win, it's a miss because then all the focus is on Rock yeah. and how Cody couldn't do it without him. Yeah. Um, 
You had a couple hundred dollar bombs in here. I don't know if you got we, to them. Yeah, yet. we do. No, we'll get we'll get to them. Jedi Joke with a five. JD has the best intro music playlist out there. Any chance you can put the playlist link into the Discord somewhere? JD and Drew, you guys rock. Uh, I have to update it and then I will do that, Jedi. Thank you, brother. I agree. His music selection is fantastic. Crypto and poker with the two dollar super chat. JD, admit it. You got worked. Winky face. Andrew is on fire. Thank you, Crypto and Poker. No, we didn't get work, brother. Worked on what? Be descriptive. The Rock Roman stuff. It's not a work. Me and, him, me and him were the first people to say it wasn't a work. It's not a work. It's all legit. Uh, Black Wolf Inc., $10 Super Chat, times three. Oh, my goodness. Uh, what's up, guys? T today is my last TNT at the age of 32. Next week, I'm officially 33. Oh, Lord, have mercy on my soul. Can a brother get a birthday cake and a double whiskey sour? Absolutely, man. Give Black Wolf in the chat some birthday cake emojis. And I love me a whiskey sour. Uh, if Drew McIntyre walks out of WrestleMania World Champion, how do you see him staying a heel throughout the reign? And should he have lost the belt to Sami Zayn or CM Punk at that point? Which one is more logical? Well, let's get him to resign a contract for us, brother. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. We don't even know if he's going to stay past WrestleMania. And the biggest thing with WWE right now is when they re-sign somebody, man, they let the major news outlets break it, that this person is re-signed, that person's re-signed, you know. Um, so Drew McIntyre would be somebody that WWE touts has re-signed. Uh, how do you send a private message, says Lewis. Lewis, my DMs are open on X, man. If you got uh, Twitter or X, just send me a message there. Uh, Black Wolf Inc. with a 10. Also, I think The Rock's promo seals the narrative that it was always planned this way. No, once again, JD was verified by Logic. He had to force a lot of that promo out because he didn't plan on being healed. Correct. <clears throat> Thank you, Black Wolf. Judgment Day, Mike Harper with a $5 super chat. Roman losing at Mania with The Rock blaming Roman for failing the family and turns on Roman and build the match over a year. They did it with Rock versus Cena. Rock and uh, Cena was a year-long build. Yeah. Uh, Roman losing at Mania with Rock blaming Roman. I mean... No, no, why are we why are we just discuss that? We, why, we need them to be together. That's where the money is. That's where the story is. And them together. And then you break them away closer to the end of the year. Yeah. Frank, Frank Marano with a five. I can really see Rock after Roman drops the title, taking the necklace from Roman and just walking away. And we, we reset Roman. I don't know. I like Drew's idea of keeping uh, Roman heel and Rock babyface. I thought it was going to be the other way around, but I like that better. Golden Boy with 28 months. Question. Wouldn't The Rock costing Roman the match against Cody lessen the importance and impact of Cody finishing his story? Legit. Cody looking weak. Uh, yeah, Drew just said that. Yeah. Rock costing Roman the title against Cody? Yeah. Cody needs to win clean. 100%. Michelle with a two. Could Cody losing at WrestleMania be a disaster for Cody? I mean, nobody's going to be happy, but Drew said if he wins money in the bank and cashes in at Madison Square Garden... That's the backup plan. Yeah, I think you're starting to tread on thin ice if he doesn't win at Mania, but you got to really, you know, um, quickly do something there. So money in the bank would work. Theme parks and things with Johnny with a five. Guys, Rollins is almost 100%. Does no one do their research on his injury? He doesn't need surgery. He's pretty much already healed. Well, I don't know, man. Are you a doctor? I didn't hear that at all. So, I mean, I'll take your word He said it. he'd be ready about a couple weeks before WrestleMania. I mean, he's already he's already 100% ready to go. I mean, he should be wrestling at Elimination Chamber then, no? Yeah, I don't know. That's a tough one, dude. I, you know, I don't I, I don't ever try and play doctor on here. I mean, I know the injury time frame and stuff like that. But, I mean, I, to attach, to say that he's healed, I, I think is ballsy. Yeah. 
Uh, Dave Gauday with a $20 super chat. Thank you, Dave. I subscribe to the WWE Network only for the PLEs and the odd special. Now that the PLEs are moving to Netflix, I'm switching over to, like, I think most people will. Is this the beginning of the end of the WWE Network? Um, it depends. Like, WWE has, you know, sold all of their, like, uh, documentary stuff to A&E, which was brilliant because they get more revenue that way. But realistically, for me, I signed up for the PLEs, and it was nice to be able to watch those, uh, Broken Skull Sessions. Yeah. It was nice to see the 24s. They're really not doing those anymore. No. Uh, Nathan Norland with a $10 Super Chat. Hey, guys, could the could they possibly draft Cody back to Raw holding the WWE title? And if Randy wins, he can keep the World Championship Maybe. on SmackDown. Yeah, it's a possibility. We just need to draft. Maybe. Maybe. I'll say this, too. You know, I mean, it all depends on what they do in the next couple weeks. But I'll say somebody put in the chat here real quick that WWE announced Madison Square Garden for September. For Raw and SmackDown, no, I, I'm very close with the people who are at the Garden. That's not been announced. You will know when that's announced. Oh, for sure. Uh, big with a five dollar super chat. Is it a good idea to wait to buy both days WrestleMania 40 tickets day of the show or a week before to get a better price? I'm buying five tickets. Ooh. God bless you Ooh. both. Well, that's a that's God. a question for this guy here. Five tickets. It's an odd number. So I'll tell you that odd number tickets are always harder to come by. It's normally four, sixes, eights. I'd buy as fast as you possibly can, truthfully. James Gender with a $10 Super Chat. JD, I know you're not big on Alexa Bliss, but is she ever coming back or is she done with wrestling? And Mr. Drew, are you going to watch The Chamber live as well? Uh, James, I don't really care to see Alexa Bliss back. I think she's actually done. And Drew, are you watching live? Of course, we have a review show. There you go. Uh, Black Wolf Inc. with 12 months. Jay Cargill body slamming Nia Jax at WrestleMania will be the Hogan-Andre callback. WWE loves to mimic. Nia can take the loss and recover. One year for Jade. Yeah. Yep. Will with a five. I don't know who Asuka or Io was until NXT told us their stories, how great they are, and the rest is history. Yes. I don't care yeah. what Asuka did in stardom or wherever she wrestled. I don't care. No, and WWE doesn't care either. They no. give that as like a little bit of a background to like maybe, okay, pay attention to this guy or girl, but they tell their own stories and they tell you who they are. But the thing is, AEW brings in this talent and they don't tell you where they came from, just expecting us to know who the fuck they are. No. Right. Come on. Steven with a 13 months and a $100 super chat. Thank you, Steven. Here's a bomb to the best duo in the IWC. Keep up the great work, guys. Thank you, Steven. I appreciate that. Thank you, Steven. Uh, Gabe Williamson with a 199 and a 499. He says, what if Cody gets the WWE title? Randy or LA Knight win the world title and those title swap shows instead of the stars. World title goes to the B show. Well, that's happening. Uh, I can tell you right now that the world heavyweight championship is going to end up on SmackDown yeah. and the undisputed championship will be on Raw as soon as that Netflix deal is done. Oh, yeah. And they could, they could do it if they have a draft in like May, they could do it then too. Yeah. Uh, Zero Kaiba with a 22 months. Been a loyal member of the OTS family since 2016. Almost about to get my gold microphone. Uh, I never miss an episode of Tuesday Night Titans. Thanks for all you guys do. Thank you, Zero. Appreciate you, brother. Thank you. Black Thank Wolf you. with a five. Until SummerSlam 15, Undertaker never beat Lesnar in a pay-per-view match. That's why logically Brock winning makes sense to me at least. I love Brock. I Listen, I don't hate Brock, but I'm just saying that I think Taker's streak was so big at wrestlemania like people bought tickets knowing and watched the pay-per-views then 
to see, you know, who Taker was going to face. It was that it was an attraction. And then after it law, he lost. It was kind of like 31 was Undertaker Bray was mad. 32 was Shane, which was a great match. But I mean, what was attached to it? Nothing. Nothing. Uh, WrestleMind with a 199. Another great episode. I love your creative minds. Thank you, WrestleMind. Thank you. Champa's with a $5 super chat. So Ashley Misaro's daughter just called out her mom, ex-best friend, calling that she would message them awful things. I didn't hear that. I, I'm not going to insinuate on that either. I don't know. I, I, I always, I always don't like when these best friends or, you know, great aunt niece comes out and is like, oh yeah, you know, Ashley was this, this. like, do you know who's got to now relive this shit is the daughter, the mom and dad. Like yeah. it's just brutal. Fucking yeah. brutal. Uh, Phantom67 with a $100 super chat. Thank you, brother. TNT36, another great show. JD and Drew excited for the Elimination Chamber. We'll be here to cover it for you guys on Saturday. Thank you, Phantom. Thank you. Why reality sucks with a $5 super chat. What do you guys think would be the order of eliminations for the men's chamber? I think it's going to come down to Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton. I agree. I think Logan Paul and LA Knight are probably in the final four. And yep. They, you know, one finishes the other one, yep. and then we'll go from there. I don't know. Isaac P. with a 499. MSG website says Raw and SmackDown coming September 9 and 10. I, I, I'm i going to look again, but I'm going to go with no. Drew's looking that up. Jason Barker with a five. He says, who won the Wrestle Raffle, Drew? For the Royal Rumble? That so. would, the Both those people were paid $300 cash money. You can go find that out, Jason, on uh, Wrestle Rumble's uh, Twitter. I think they announced that on Twitter. Oh, Wrestle Rumble! I have yeah. no idea about that. They're talking about my Royal Rumble. Oh, 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 oh! Maybe, maybe he is. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I see nothing with WWE. Pantera, Vampire Weekend, St. John's, nothing. Pantera. Who are they playing with? Uh, February twenty second, Four Legacy, Lamb of God, and uh, who else is here? Huh. I don't know. I can't see the... Oh, Lamb of God and Child Bite. Okay. MGM balling with a 499. Not that I think it should, but I wouldn't be surprised if Rhea versus Nia main events since they're both... Since they were both born in Aussie. I learned... I just learned Nia was born there. Oh, yeah. I think that match is main eventing. Because the men's see. chamber... I mean... I mean, yeah, if they... Like Drew said, if they want to open with the men's and close with the women, I think that would be the way to go. I think they're going to open with the women and close with Rhea and Nia. And okay. uh, Rhea and Becky face-to-face -to, -face to close the show. Yeah, that's pretty that's pretty cool. Uh, cause and effect with the two. Uh, Russell, what the fuck? Down week four, me tonight means a lot. Before Drew at Minnesota Mania. Cause and effect, you're speaking in fucking a different language, brother. I don't know what the fuck you're talking. WrestleMania in Minnesota? No, I think it's going to Vegas. Even though Drew would probably want it in Minnesota, I think it's going to Vegas. SummerSlam in Cleveland, WrestleMania, I would say 50-50 here or Vegas. Here being Minnesota. And Isaac with a 499 specifically, if you search WWE in the search bar on MSG website, it says September 9 and 10. All right, I'm going to look it up. Here we go. All right, you guys. Jesus fucking Christ. You, you think the ticket guy would not know, huh? For the first time in 10 years, WWE, this is the last show they were here, guys. This was a year ago. I like you guys, but come on. 
Anyway, guys, we like you too, and we'll see you next week. This was a great episode of the episode number 36 for Tuesday night. Uh, Drew, any closing words before uh, I hit this uh, this uh, cover of uh, Mega Metallica that I got playing? Uh, no. They, the main they, event for this WWE stuff that you guys are talking about at Madison Square Garden is Roman Reigns versus Samoa Joe. Kobe Kingston versus Dolph Ziggler versus Randy Orton in a SummerSlam rematch for the WWE Championship. Oh, I'm going to say this one's old, my guy. Oh, my goodness, man. A day and age I don't want to go back to. Guys, we appreciate your support. Thank you for a great show. This has been awesome. We'll see you on Saturday for the Chamber. We'll give you a time when we get closer to the weekend, but Drew and I will be covering the Chamber on Saturday afternoon. And until then, guys, thank you so very much. Follow us on social at JD from NY206 on X, at Andrew Bedala on X. Hit that thumbs up and hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. We will see you Saturday for the Chamber.